This is Gunpoke Helen Podcast, and here is the news. Impact continues to be awesome. It really does. And Rachi Gennetti may or may not have killed a man. Yep. Maybe. We'll, we'll talk about the Marty thing first, because like, we <laughs> can't not talk. We've talked about Marty and Sean. You're, Sean is one of your favourites. Yeah. yeah. So, so we mentioned him quite a lot, so it's, it's be weird if we didn't talk about this situation. Yeah, well, it has been talked about quite a lot already. Well, I've seen I've seen some of the things on what culture and cultaholic and all that kind of thing. Yeah, like you said, you said he talked about a lot. Well, it's hard not to win a a well known, even though he was the lesser half of his time. He's still a well known. That's, re- that's really that's really kind of you to say. He's he's more infamous nowadays. Yeah, but he's still yeah. everybody knows who Marty Jannetty yeah. is. Well, if you're a wrestling fan, you know who Marty Jannetty is. Wait. And then he goes on Facebook and randomly says, "Oh yeah, I may have killed a man." Yeah. Like Martin Jane, all that guy that used to follow Shawn Michaels about, <laughs> you know. It's it's weird because like you look at the language of the the thing. I think he he's regularly bragged on Facebook about he's got girlfriends in various cities across the US. Yeah, he's got girlfriends. <laughs> um, oh, he's he's partied for thirty days straight. Oh, I left. I lost my phone on the roof of a neighbor's house trying to pair of on her neighbor. You know, I'm I'm fifty fifty on whether or not this woman is actually my daughter. Is it still okay for me to sleep with her? Yeah, he's he's he the invent the the advancement of social media has not been kind to Marty Jannetty, but it's mostly his own fucking fault. Is it weird of the girlfriends in every city thing is one of the sadder ones for me? Because like I'm pretty sure Marty Jannetty is at least sixty. Yeah, and anybody over sixty using the phrase girlfriend or boyfriend just seems weird to me. Like you're not a teenager. You're like. Come on, you can say your girlfriend or your boyfriend. You can you can say that regardless of your age. It's a, it's a sweet term of endearment, I think. You know what I mean? But like, I mean, how how old do you want to sound like? Oh, this is you're so formal. Like, oh, this this is my partner, <laughs> or oh, this is my wife. No, yeah, ah, it's my girlfriend. You know, that's a sweet term of endearment. We appreciate it. You like to say it. It's good. I'm just saying, but like. He seemed like he was trying to break up with this woman because he, he throws this insult towards a woman towards the end. But then he originally tells the story about when he was 13. Yeah. And... He was buying weed off some homosexual yes. gentleman. But we'll say that because uh, the terms he used, I don't think we can use. I don't think it'd be good for anyone if we used we, those we terms. We should definitely not use those words. No. He used an F word and I don't mean fuck. That's, that's yes. a tell phrase. But like, he, he claims that the guy kind of tried to be inappropriate with him. Yeah. And Marty... Uh, proceeded to then quote make him disappear. Yeah, like come on, like anyone who's seen a mafia movie knows what makes someone disappear. And the, the more means. telling thing was he said that this was the first time. Yeah, I made someone disappear, implying that he may have done it not just yeah. once. This is not like that was the only time he did it. This was the first time. Like first off, how many times exactly, Marty? Um, yeah, you mean Jesus? My- Mind you, this is, this is coming from the same guy who I've heard from watching an Al Snow interview. I had the kind of sense of humour to walk into a room, let one off, shut the door and walk away and wait for them to start going, oh God, what was that? <laughs> you know, he seemed painfully childish. You know what I mean? I don't know what that would be like, you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, but then, like, so police, we shouldn't state that police are looking into this. I know we've, we've tried to the piss out of the language in, of Marty in general, but, like, this is a serious thing if he has done it. Mm-hmm. 
And it's weird to see how Mario will be... Well, not, he's not the most talked about person in WWE history, but, like, it's not as if the WWE, like, don't, like, are shy about talking about the Rockers. Yeah. But then again, like, when Sean comes around from now on, if this is an actual found out there is merit to this and he may have actually killed somebody. Then Marty's uh, history will not be mentioned. Uh, yeah, they won't really talk much about Sean's early career as mm. part of the Rockers. Well, how many people really talk about his early career that much nowadays anyway? Nah, well, sure. we, we talk about Mr. WrestleMania, you know. Mm-hmm. We talk about DX, talk about the Click. Mm-hmm. Fuck's sake, we talk about Montreal more than his fucking career. Oh, everybody, career. About Mon- everybody talks about bloody Montreal. Yeah, people, people in wrestling even are still talking about Montreal to this day. Apparently, Mario filled in one night some radio show, the wrestling radio show, and just proceeded to take the hole that he was now in after that baseball and dig it a little bit deeper. Oh, he did, did he? Yes. Wow. He said, I never. Killed. I never said I killed him. I said I made him disappear. Like, and then he made a reference like they should have checked the river or something like that. And when they when he either the interview or the, the post, and then he said like, like I didn't really kill him. I was supposed to know he would be he would die when I was hitting him with that brick. He's <laughs> like, oh Jesus, how how did I know smashing someone repeatedly over the head with a brick would possibly kill them? Just, yeah. And then I went on the news and seen that the guy disappeared, like, or the seen that the guy was dead, like. You're shot that you're the one the last people to see him after you've allegedly you've just admitted you hit him with a brick and possibly threw him in a river. Yeah. And now you're surprised that no one knows where the guy is. So whether the guy died from you beating his skull in or mm-hmm. died from being thrown into the river, mm-hmm. you still killed him. So you know, when uh, if Marty is eventually arrested, the whole phrase you had the right to remain silent, pretty <laughs> much I think he should be strongly advised to act upon that right. Do you think he will though? Probably not, but I, I, I pity whoever his lawyer may or may not be if, if it goes that far. Yeah. I mean, as much as people have made light of Marty over the years, right? And he's not helped himself, to be fair. Not helped himself, but it'd be a sad, um, if it's true, mm-hmm. it'd be a sad end to, and I, I don't mean to be harsh when I say this, but a sad end to a very quiet career, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Because apart from, I, mean, I know fine well that him and Sean were tag champs in AWA mm-hmm. back when, and that's way back when, and they were technically tag champs for like an evening, mm-hmm. even though I heard they defended those belts on some live shows. I mean, but what makes them as much the tag champs as Teddy Biasi was WWE champion. Yeah, so it should still count, you know? So technically he was a tag champ with Sean in WWF, Techn- he was an AWA tag champ, Former IC tag cha- uh, title champion, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, Marty's, they both held tag belts, just not together, because I believe Marty held it with... Yeah, held it with kids. Mm-hmm, one, two, three kids. So, Marty's like a, technically a two-time tag champ. Technically. And a one-time IC champ, had a good run with the Rockers, had, had it not been for his own personal demons at the time, there could have been more of a programme between him and Sean. Mm-hmm. You know. Cause, yeah, they were... Like, they never got a proper blow to their feud, did they? Because, like... No. I think it was, like, they were meant to feud at a match at WrestleMania 8, because it was right before the 92 Rumble that Sean did the turn. Yeah. And we covered that when we reviewed the 92 Rumble. That yeah. That was, like, so long ago. But, like... Sean ended up fighting Tito Santana. I know. Good match, too. I know. I bet Tito was lucky, was he? Otherwise, he probably wouldn't have gotten on the card, poor guy. <laughs> yeah, true. But, like... Uh, Marty kind of got himself in trouble. He comes back, he has that, they have that match at the 93 Rumble. Yeah. I think that was mainly to now when 
Shea was randomly in Tatanka's corner. Yeah. I think it was maybe her and uh, in Marty's corner. And but then again Marty we go I think it was a case of one time Marty fell asleep backstage and Sean basically said, Oh I think Marty's had a bit of mm. I think he's passed out and he got let go and then met a perfect piece of surfing like well, that's bullshit. He was just he was just having a kip, and that's apparently why Mister Perfect. You know, I mean, I've been involved in the time where that I mean, when uh, Marty eventually did beat Sean for the belt. Yeah, uh, and Mister Perfect is another thing that's probably like is Mister Perfect was involved in that in real life. Yeah, and then Marty gets in trouble again, <laughs> and then they had the title change in a live event right before the '83 Rumble, which is where Diesel debuted. Yeah. Well, I, the, the rumour was the match between Marty and Sean at the 93 Rumble. The rumour was Marty was under the influence during that match too. Possibly. I've heard, uh, I've seen, like, I also noticed a review of the match that it was good, but like, not the kind of match you were expecting you had for them to have because of uh, like the, the level of hatred there should be between the two. Yeah. And maybe it's because either, as even though they're tie partners, you want to see these guys feud... Maybe the chemistry just wasn't there as a as opponents as they were as the team, mm. or maybe it's just because, as you said, Marty was an influence, or maybe they're just holding back for the big mania payoff where yeah, Marty, no... you, you would have expected Marty to win. A lot of ifs, mm-hmm. a lot of ifs. Although to be fair to Marty, I don't see how much further he would have went if he did eventually get that big win over Sean, because he got the match on Raw where he won, and then I saved when the IC belt. It's it's possible Sean probably would have won it back anyway. Yeah, because Sean was probably. Was demo position to be. Well, I say that, but I don't know how how much they seen Sean as a singles guy because allegedly before '96, where his big push, mm. according to Bruce Pitcher, there was a time where uh, Vince Man apparently stated Sean Michael, we will never put the WF title on Sean Michaels. Yeah, which is bizarre because in '96, '97, if you ever listened to Vince commentate any Sean Michaels match, it was. And even on him. Well, if I can even ninety five because I think I mentioned it in one of our new house reviews. Like yeah. he sound, he's infatuated. Like he's shrieking louder than some of the women in the audience, and, yeah. which has led to some. Uh, I think questions. Mainly, well, it's, mainly I think there's some people who just didn't like either of them, but like implying that Vince was gay and wanted to pump Sean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but like you say, nasty opinions from hateful people. I think I think some people had that opinion of Sean because obviously he was a he had long hair and was a feminine or he because he danced in the ring and some people didn't like that about I, Sean. I I liked it. I'm sure you did. I did. I did. But uh, I think we've talked a lot about Sean Michaels. Obviously, we talked more about Sean than we did Marty. There, you see, you see. Sorry, Marty, you just ain't that interesting. <laughs> I mean, if you if you've ended up killing some poor cunt, then yeah, that. That's, that's interesting in a negative way, but it's, at least it's more interesting in your career anyway. Jesus fucking... <laughs> Sorry, Marty. <laughs> Marty, it wasn't the first time Marty killed someone. I know, did you not see that jobber on the episode of Super Star? <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't even remember the guy's name. I want to say Tom something. <laughs> I want to say Tom. <laughs> yeah, like, hmm. I, don't I know that wasn't even... Mar- Marty, do you know who it was? <laughs> What? No. No, try the river. Try, try the river, man. <laughs> I'm looking supposed, for my phone. How was I supposed to know that I would kill him when I dropped him right on his neck with a rocker dropper? Yeah. I, I was busy looking for my phone and my drugs. And... I'll, I'll, go to, I'll go to the story about Marty, but I realise that's not Marty, that's uh, British PK I'm thinking of. 
who allegedly, I think he was working in a subway, uh, not the actual subway, not the actual subway shop, not the actual subway, and he left, he caused an anthrax scare, because (laughs) they found this wee white powder stuff lying about, which was some of his cocaine that was left out. (laughs) And people thought some people thought it was anthrax, and people, people bomb squad people were being called in, and that's gotta be an awkward situation. Like, oh no, that's that's just my illegal class A drugs. It's it's just my marching powder. It's it's my thing to get me out of bed. In the... This uh, is the thing that helps me walk in that bloody building every day, <laughs> knowing full well that I'm not going to win anything. <laughs> they have me walking around with shears for fuck's sake. Mm-hmm. Oh, he he apparently hated when he when he got told what he's gonna become a barber. Yeah, like he just got used to being called British Beefcake in his original form. Yeah, he's getting the male stripper kind of thing along with Greg Valentine, and then uh, the same show he broke up with them. I think me and the three. That's when we came in the bar officially. And like, oh, now you want me to be a fucking barber? <laughs> but at least he got it. You know, it's sad. Like, like I know where we've been doing more, but I want to talk about British Beefcake for a second here. No, oh, go on. I feel I feel bad for him because like in the first ever SummerSlam, he was meant to win the fight for the IC belt and probably would have won it from the Hockey Cup man. Yep. Then they did like they tried to make this they all good as big angle to create sympathy for Beefcake and had like it was Ron Bass or whoever was beat take the pit, beat him up. Yeah. Like, oh he's unfit to be here and that led to the ultimate warrior winning it. Ugh. And then the following year he was meant to win it, I think. No no because no, oh, the following year he was teaming with Hogan, so at least he got that. But then oh. it was the year, the year the Texas Tornado won it. Yeah, was the year that he uh, was meant to, that Beefcake was meant to win it for real this time from from Perfect. But this, but this is where he had that horrible parasailing accident. Yeah, and fucked himself up. Yep. So yeah, twice Beefcake was meant to win the IC belt. Mm, twice. Once, once, once he was perfectly healthy, but they just did an angle anyway, and once he properly had his face to get, had to get reconstructed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at least they got to do that fun angle at Mania Nine. <laughs> you know, where he got his face broken by Money Inc. You know who came up with the name uh, Beefcake? Uh, Linda McMahon, apparently. <laughs> Linda McMahon. She's a scary looking woman. <laughs> okay. Yeah. She's, I don't mean like she's ugly or anything. I mean, she's a very intense looking woman, you know? Mm-hmm. Like whenever you see her on camera, which hasn't, hasn't been for a while now. But, like, whenever you did see her on camera, like, back during the angle she was in and everything? I think 2006 is the last time I can remember her being on television. Because, I, I mean, she was in the back season with Vince and the rest of the family. Oh, yeah, Before yeah, yeah. Vince's match with uh, Sean. Yeah, they were stuff. praying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, like, I mean, they had that big angle in 2009 where all the McMahons were being targeted by Orin, but she didn't feel need to come out then, but I think that's when she started running for Senate, so... Yeah. Since she started her political career, we'll see. She's not made an appearance. Yeah, political career. Wait, how did that been and gone? <laughs> I still can't believe nobody, when no, whoever was running against Kane when he ran for mayor, didn't show that clip of him tombstoning Linda McMahon. And, uh, <laughs> look at him, he's attacking a member of, our, of the presidential cabinet. <laughs> look, look, how, look how she's in charge of small businesses. Wrestling and politics. Like, she's... WWE is not exactly a small business, is it? No, no, it's not. Oh, oh, a a small a small non wrestling segue that I just remembered. Okay. In regards to football. Okay. Yeah, we won our game. We drew theirs, and I regard I refer, of course, to Rangers. 
I know, I know there's a doubt my brother was out watching the game the other day. He was out watching it in the pub? Oh no, he was pals. Ah, oh, pals. They, don't, they live just not, not too far away from us. Ah, see. And they laid through their game. Mm-hmm. So I was I was mightily pleased by that. Mm-hmm. I was sit, I was sitting there looking at the updates on my phone, mm-hmm. like 80 odd minutes to go, mm-hmm. still one each, and I was like, come on, final whistle, make them draw. You know? I, like my brother, like, uh, I can't remember what the result was at the 80-odd minute, but like, apparently one of my brother's pals, Derek, wait, see, I had to take the result, and then they were all telling him, shut the fuck up! Yeah. Don't jinx it! Yeah. <laughs> like, that would have been late in the game, because both the the second and third goal the Rangers were scored late, mm. within a five-minute period. No, I think it was when they are watching what was happening with, with Celtic. Ah... Like, I don't think they even watched the field day again. They tuned in occasionally at points to see how they were doing. Yeah. And then back to Rangers. Right, no. I was, I was happy with that. So that was my small segue into football. Good for Yay, football. We've not really talked that much about like what we were up to. And honestly, I think at times like this, we're not really up to much other than finding out that Marty and Amy not killed somebody in... Yeah. We should point out, as Godaholic May said, like clearly Marty is not a well. No, he's man. he is not a well man. He's he, he, he does. He is going to need, I think. I think the guy just needs a like a like a real fucking friend. You know what I mean? Like someone who can give him a bit of support. Because there's too there's too many people now, especially in this day and age, who would take that kind of thing and rip the piss. I mean, like we just fucking did. No, I mean we were like hearted about it. I mean, people would be nasty about it, you know. Yeah. Like, like oh, fucking loser, blah blah blah, you know. Mm-hmm. But no, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he could go go he's selling they like DDP yoga thing. Yeah, and I was gonna say like, why is DDP not gotten involved with Marty Jannetty <laughs> at, at this stage? I mean, look what he's done for for Jake in that Scott mm. Hall. Oh, I mean, fuck. Scott Hall's a prime example. I mean, I watched the Jake documentary, mm. and the first time you see Scott Hall on screen, mm. fat as a motherfucker in a wheelchair, and he's like some fat, sh- shriveled, manky old alky. And what, like, when he came out for that Hall of Fame, he looked trim, he looked good, mm-hmm. you know? If DDB can take a blob in a wheelchair yeah. and turn it back into Scott Hall. <laughs> Surely he can help Martin Gennetti. Uh-huh. Like, so, well, I don't know what you're up to, but my main highlight of this week is probably going to be the Mora, or probably today at time record, at when when this has gone up. Because I'm, I'm going to Edinburgh Zoo. That's, Yay! That's what constitutes a day out for me. Hey, that is a good day out. That is a good day out, but like these are things we have to look forward to in that you're, way too. You're going to get to see the tigers. <laughs> Rawr! <laughs> and the... And the and the and the monkeys. <laughs> Something that's always always fascinating me when I go to zoos. It's just how much of the zoo is made up by just surely monkey related different species of monkey <laughs> or apes. Type. The big enclosures for them just take up a quarter of any zoo in yeah. the world. I look around and you spend a good quarter. That's why I always go see them first because you'll be a while seeing them. So go see all them first. Do you know they fucking stink as well? But yeah. like you're like. When they're like, how many different kinds of fucking monkeys can there be? <laughs> Do you know, when I was a when I was only but a little child, uh-huh. I I saw the both the 
funniest and the most shocking thing I've ever seen at a zoo. Mm. And it involved monkeys. And it was funny as fuck. <laughs> you know, we were there, right? And we were looking at the monkeys in their enclosure and there was a glass, you know, like a window yeah. thing to look at them, right? And I was only a little kid and I was standing there and I'm looking at them and I'm like, ah, oh, cool, monkeys, cool, <laughs> you know? And there's this little fucking baby monkey, right? Like a little kid monkey. And it was scooting about and shit. And I was looking at it and I was like, ah, oh, cool, cool. And then it climbed up the fucking enclosure thing. And it was looking at me and I was like, oh, I wonder what it's going to do. And the fucking thing dived, like suicide <laughs> dive, right out the window. <laughs> like, I think it was going to try and get to me, but it jumped right out the window and just went, puh. <laughs> <laughs> and it was there for like a minute going, didn't realise this was here. <laughs> and then it just went, meh, and fell off the window. And I was like, ah, stupid monkey. <laughs> like, I was at, uh, I remember I was at the one time, I can't remember if this was Embers or another type of zoo, but like, I remember me and my mom and dad were looking at the monkeys and there was like, there's a bit where you go inside and you could see the cage or you could be a bit where you see them in the wee open bit. Yeah, yeah. And there's a big glass bit, as you said, you can look through. And uh, I don't know what ha- happened, but like, I was like, oh, well, I was seeing the monkeys. I, w- I walked away, I looked over the side, my mom and dad were still looking at the monkeys. Yeah. Or chimps, more like. So, but like, uh, all of a sudden I heard, heard from behind me was, boom! <coughs> Like, what? And all I hear is going, oh, and like, what the hell was that? And there's a big, big mark on the, the glass. I'm like, what happened there? Like, I think one of the wee lassies that was there was like tapping the glass three, but it was annoying when the monkeys, when the monkeys properly ran towards. And charged it? Yeah, my mum got a 48 of the monkey as I think it was his mid run <laughs> towards the thing. The big like, monkey? Well, it was a decent size, like chimp, so like uh-huh. an average size. But luckily, it didn't really like crack or break the glass in any way, which is good. Didn't it? But like, it was weird because we were just staring at the monkeys and like monkeys, like you know what you expect. They probably don't do much. Yeah. And like, because uh, not much for them to do. And yeah. like, so like I walked away, and the most interesting thing that could have happened happened as soon as I turned my back. Season <laughs> nine. I see. I see. I think like that. I was watching like zoo things on YouTube, mm-hmm. and there was this thing as well. Like, and funnily enough, involved in a glass partition again. Mm-hmm. There was this bunch of people at the zoo. And this little kid was sitting, you know, like those glass partitions when there's a big walkthrough at the zoo? Yeah. And there's a little ledge, and if you're a little kid, you could probably sit on the little ledge, you know what I mean? There's a little kid sitting with his back to the partition mm-hmm. on the little ledge. Doesn't he see big bastard lion, <laughs> right? And the thing, you know, is getting done, it's fucking charges at the window. And the big, like, ah, the big jaws. <laughs> and then it bashes his nose off the thing and just fucking sick <laughs> you know what I mean but when we wait a minute he hears a bump he's like the fuck like, well as you would be wouldn't yeah you? but it's just that, like you put things like that in the zoo we're never going to lose that fucking instinct I know. you know what I mean like I showed you those photos a few years ago and I went to Berlin Zoo and you walk in this a little bit and like how close you are to like the lions and that because <laughs> like there's this one cage where it's the lion the beast big bars a small light gap a railing, and then you. <laughs> and I, mum and dad were going about how close the lines are to you, and I, and I was trying, I thought I was prepared, and then I walked through this thing and seen just how close the lines were, and I was like, this is a proper male line, just the size of it, and I think I've shown you pictures of it before, and I'm like, Jesus Christ. Was it eyeballing you? Well, no, but just seeing how close it was, <laughs> they were just stalking back and forth in its wee cage. Yeah, I, I, I talked about it. It's, so, it's in that cage, looking at you, going to see what's fucking bar, wasn't he? <laughs> you, me. <laughs> 
I don't I think I mentioned you before about in Belgium uh, and Antwerp with the zoo that I've been to a couple of times. It's very next to a train station and there's a line that the line mimics the sound of the train and it goes hoo, 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 when it was <laughs> roaring. And it was like the funniest thing ever. I always loved seeing that. Uh I went to a safari park once in England, I can't remember where it was. Yeah. There was a thing with the uh, the tigers where you could wasn't getting fed and what they did was they put these big bits of meat at the top of these big poles and then they let these lines out and the lines know they're getting the tigers know they're getting fed. Yeah. And they're probably running and they're clawing their way up this thing. <laughs> yeah, they were like, Jesus Christ <laughs> The speed of these things. Mm. Well you wouldn't want to try and fucking race one, would you? No, no you would not. Because the tiger's not interested in beating in a race. The tiger's interested in catching fucking up with you. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think you could outrun a tiger? No, I could not outrun <laughs> a tiger. Although, it depends. Would you be there? Because I wouldn't have to outrun the tiger. I just have to outrun you. Oh, fuck, I'll trip you up and leave you to it. <laughs> so the bit without a paddle. You can't outrun that bear. I don't have to. I just have to outrun you. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie. Well, a bear, a bear comes up. I think a bear comes after them and like, and uh, it's Matthew Lillard and Seth Green and Tiger goes, what are you doing? Taking off my shoes. Why? Because I run faster with no shoes. <laughs> you can't outrun the bear. I don't have to. I just have to outrun you. <laughs> and Dak Shepard is the third guy in it. And he's like, calm down. It's important you don't let them smell fear. Turns around the bear roars him. It's a bear. We're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and the bear basically kidnaps <laughs> Seth Green. <laughs> It's a, it's a daft comedy, but it's, it's a good movie, I think. I will need to watch it. I remember they took the piss out of it in Family Guy, they ended up on the Star Wars ones, because uh, they took the piss out of Seth Green in it, and then, because Seth Green's in the show, and then yeah. at the end, Peter goes, let me tell you another story. It's called, Without a Pedal. Ah, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't have much else on it at the moment, other than I'm going to the zoo tomorrow. But, and I've also got my birthday in about a month's time. Hurrah. I'll get you beer. I don't want beer. Get you cider. Thank you. I don't know where they know what I want, to be honest with you. More cider. <laughs> Maybe. Hmm? No. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I'll get myself a bottle of it for your birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Damn, thanks for sitting there and watching me get all these nice things. Yeah, but <laughs> we'll, we'll go back to Impact, because uh, things are carrying on as usual. I mean, the usual site I would use to watch Impact is not uh, is not working as well as it usually does, but I found it on 5 Star in a day I can watch it, so I, I started just downloading it from there. Yeah. Even though, So I'll be watching it late, a few days later, but I'll still watch it. Well, that's where we watch it, 5 yeah. Star. Mm-hmm. I usually just download it the next day. Yeah. On catch up. Uh, I mean, I would get Impact Plus, but I've already got the network in New Japan World. And yeah. Given that I'm unemployed at the moment, I, can, I, don't, I don't think I can justify myself getting three different wrestling streaming services. No, no. Like, need, even, you... even if I say, oh, I'll just get the, the however long the free trail is, I'll forget <laughs> that the tree trail's about to come up and then I'll end up getting charged for yeah. it. And but at no. that point, it won't be worth cancelling then because I've already lost money on it. A few days later is fine. The only thing you need to do is, I always do, avoid spoilers. Uh, I didn't realise Explosion was still a thing. Yeah? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, either a Twitch because of thing or it goes up on Impact Plus. Mm. Like, I've I, been thinking, like, why are they not using Explosion? Because, like, it seems they're only doing, like, one match a, 
a, a week on on Explosion and probably Dave Penzer hosts a weird Daft show on it. Yeah. Where he interviews a different wrestler every week. But like, well. like AEW has been doing reviving kind of the classic like wrestler versus enhancement person yeah. format with AEW Dark and occasionally they have actually proper like roster members against each other. And well, like, I think like, why, why don't Impact do that with Explosion? Well, talking of Impact mm-hmm. in the past week's show, yeah. I've got to say, five star fucking show. It was at, from start to finish. It was mm-hmm. not a fucking dull moment. Yeah, Wrestle House was funny as fuck. Again, I haven't seen a lot of the recent Impact. I know most of what happened. Like, I know they're uh, holding off on Kyler getting her shot because he's tra- she's trapped in Wrestler's house, and yeah. she even referenced like. Uh, when, when can we leave? Because I'm, I'm kind of the number one contender. I, I don't want to brag, but... Yeah. But no, great fucking show. Opening match, right? Eddie Edwards v Callahan. As Sammy's making his entrance, who comes out and decides to have a go at him? RVD. Comes out, beats his ass down a little bit because Sammy made fun of his fat-ass woman. <laughs> you know, but... Sammy... Fucking awesome. Gets up. Despite the fact that RVD's ruined his entrance, ruined his getting to see, hear his fucking awesome song as usual. Comes out. <laughs> and the funniest fucking part, even before the match kicks off, ref's like, you good to go, you good to go? And he's like, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then Eddie Edwards walks up to him. He goes, you good? And he just goes up to Eddie Edwards and goes, fucking scud, I'm fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, on to have a fucking awesome match. I know we talked about Mario Janet, but like, I just feel sad whenever I, I, look, I see RVD now. Yeah. I'm sure maybe he could, I would ever say he's going to have a match in a long time, so maybe he could still have a good match, but like, and maybe MV Sam Callum will be good. But like, I just seem like, well, look, he's, he's shagging this fat-ass bird, and she's shagging this other bird, so technically RVD's shagging this other bird as well. Yeah. But yeah, but if RVD didn't look just so... Old. Like, weirdly... Like, I know we, people talk about the benefits of we compared to other drugs. RVD seems to look like the exception to it because it seems like the years are taking weed have somehow aged him. <laughs> Unless he's lacing his weed with something else, he just looks so haggard at the moment. He really does, but mm. what age is he? I have no idea. Because do we actually know how old he is? He, I, I have to say late 40s, maybe. I'm pretty sure he was like one of the younger guys in... in uh, in ECW back yeah, in the day. Yeah, back in the day it was. Mm-hmm. But... He was at his peak in, in his run in WWE, you know. Yeah, but like... Because like Rhino, people don't realise that Rhino's actually younger than people give him credit for because he was like in his early 20s during his, his start of his ECW run. Yeah. So people actually don't realise how old he is. Like he was like... They realised he was like, oh, he's 37 or 38. It was, came out when he started his thing with Slater or something like that. And people were like, really? I thought Rhino was in his 40s because like... Hmm. You forget how young he really was. Yeah. I think he bought those enhancement talent in like the mid 90s on Raw once or twice on Superstars. Aye. Need to check that. Mm hmm. Which is weird when you see how like stocky Rhino is in when he hits the core, thinking of him being basically a jobber mm. to somebody. Because, uh, like, I mean, there's a clip of uh, Matt Hardy as an enhancement talent, like scrawny Matt Hardy <laughs> being forced to be an enhancement talent to fucking Hazard. No, that's uh, Jeff. And Matt's being an enhancement guy to fucking uh, Nikolai Volkov, he can barely walk. Uh, or, but Jeff, uh, he got squashed by King Kong Bundy by Razor, 
but when he got squashed by Ray 3 he, had to use a, he was using a different name because the guy that was the name of the guy who was meant to fight him but checking mm. out of the match because he didn't want to take the razor's edge so Jeff, just, so Jeff even back then was like hey, I'll do it I don't I couldn't give a fuck I'm pretty, sure that, was, pretty <laughs> sure that was the same year that uh, the Hardy's beard at King of the Ring opening the uh, the door I think it was 95 yeah, yeah. which is which is fun to think about but <laughs> But something that's not fun at the moment is talking about old people. What the fuck is going on with Shamrock? He's had some really yeah. awkward backstage encounters with uh, Sammy. With Sammy, and they said, "Oh fuck it, I'm going home." Like not even talking about the fact that he he's the one that fucked up for them at, at a Slammiversary because they bumped into each other. Yep. And he's like, "Oh fuck it, I'm going home." And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Shamrock again. Would you Would you mind though? I'd probably not. But I think you know, I think he's, he's kind of done. He's still got the physical body, right? Mm-hmm. But he's not got the mind anymore. He's he's seeming mm-hmm. stupid. He did seem a bit lost at times. Like, when he, he had the uncle lock, lock down, that was the one time he looked confident, because that's the one where he can still right, do confidently. <laughs> but ankle lock to Shamrock is like the belt of Festus. <laughs> you know? Very much, yeah. <laughs> the EC3 seems to have uh, got his... Officially said, like, why he's come back. Like, basically, said he he's wants to impact more the TNA title from Moose because, well, he's trying to go after connections to his past and. He wants to destroy everything. And he wants. So I think him winning the belt, then he'll basically just throw the belt down or basically destroy the belt and that'll be the end of the TNA belt. Well, like he said to Moose, he's mm-hmm. been warned. Yeah. Moose, I think, is in for a bit of trouble. Mm-hmm. Here's you got uh, Moose. Had that match with Slater recently. That was a good match. Mm-hmm. Fucking stupid referee. <laughs> that was a fucking great match, in fact. What I love about Heath is uh, him keeping kayfabe even now because, like, he was on Talking Shop, uh, Gals and Anderson's podcast. Yeah. And they were, like, asking him, basically, about what's his deal, like, with Impact. And uh, this was, like, the week he was struggling to get in the building, like, just after Slammiversary. Yeah. So, he was, like, what's your deal? Are you saying, like, no, man, I can't even get inside the building. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, girls and that were taking the piss out of him because, like, he apparently he was so unused to being on the Indies after so long and in mm. WWE. And uh, it was actually a pretty good podcast when he appeared on there one because, like, he revealed that the only reason he got signed to the like developmental league was either Deep South and then on to FCW mm. was uh, he got brought along by somebody else who they were interested in because they were interested in some other guy. And they said basically, for your try, bring someone along from where you're working right now. That you feel comfortable working with and who you think can make you look as good as possible. Yeah. And he brought Keith along. <laughs> and he joked, like, that's the story of my fucking career, making other people look good. <laughs> like, he seems to be a guy, like, ah, oh, fuck you, like, you know, he's, like, lost a lot and he, he doesn't seem, like, bitter or anything. No, he's, he seems happy to be wrestling. Mm hmm. And uh, I look forward to seeing what he does. Like, I want to see him and Rhino back together. Because mm. you've got him, they two, you've got the Machine Guns, the North. Gallows and Anderson Reed Fala and TGP Well TGP the maybe Dinos one, TGP might be one after the exhibition belt Yeah You got the Dinos mm-hmm. Maybe Ace Austin and uh, Madman Fulton yeah, The Reno Scum I mentioned them already No Is it just me but like I wasn't the biggest fan of the Reno Scum Gallows Anderson match Well you're not Well it's not it was a bad match but like It felt like Like I don't want to blame the lack of period but like maybe it's because Gallows and Anderson Haven't been able to like, have an actual wrestling match since uh, since WrestleMania, mm. they were involved in the Boneyard, the Boneyard match. And you think they were a bit rusty? Maybe. 
So like, because they had that boner yard match on Top and Shop of Mania. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but like, like one one main club I have seen of uh, Top and Shop of Mania is just some guy who wanted revenge against that Raider or Mark Cardona, as he's now called. Because uh, apparently in a match was that he ripped the guy's trunks and the guy's like dick got holes, yeah. I suppose. <laughs> he feels that he says he's coming for revenge. And uh, Brian Myers came out and yeah. said, like, he's not here right now, but I've got a replacement. Swoggle Dona, and it's basically uh, Horn <laughs> Swoggle dressed like him, and uh, Carl, uh, Brian Myers starts singing that Raiders old theme song to this bit of Ed, and they're going, Oh, Swoggle Dona. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the pal Rocky Mero dresses as Luchador, has a fight with Chavo Guerrero inside uh, Luke Gallows' home gym, where Chavo claims he's going to shoot kill him. <laughs> like he tries to lock him in a sauna and everything. <laughs> Apparently, Dilo Brown showed up on that show. I don't know what happened there. Yeah. So, your collection of people on Tom Jimmy, but I can't find a clip to the full show. I can only find a clip that takes me like halfway through. Mm. And way they hype up how weird the show is getting a, a pay per view. Talking Shop Mania is like, I can't tune into this halfway through. <laughs> like, I need context here. Aye. Mm hmm. But, you know, I, I'm not trying to criticise Skelton Anderson's work right now, but I'm just saying that match was kind of not what I expected it to be, but I'm sure they'll have better as they get working on a regular schedule. Mm. And I did like the brawl they had with Fulton and Ace Austin afterwards. Mm. The fact that like, the cameraman got knocked out and that's how the show got, went off air. <laughs> just went, impact logo, that's the big cliffhanger of the show, just like the brawl continues. Mm. I, would, I would love it if the next week's show continued exactly it's like the same parking lot the fight's just been going on for a week i think you're talking about no the, the show i've seen you're talking about the one for the previous week yeah i've not seen that i'm like i can't really talk about the one you've seen nah because like i'm talking about that one damn yeah well you have to see the one i've seen it was great i will you must i will and you will be as mad as i was yeah you I can't remember what it's called, Emergence, is that the name of the show I missed you about? Yep. They're doing the two-week special, yep. the 18th and the 25th of August, I think it is. And the, the second edition will be headlined by uh, Jordan Grace, Diona Perazzo rematch. Yep. So, so uh, I see Diona re- retaining then. Probably, yeah. Because, like, because the, the big thing was like, uh, Jordan Grace was talking about her... Uh, this is why she's. This is one of the reasons why she stays with Impact, and like the diversity and like them being allowed to main event and all that. Mm. And because like when you look at it, probably one of the best booked divisions right now, women's wise, is is Impact. Knockouts. Yep. Because like AEW, they like they've been doing this thing called the AEW Deadly Draw. Mm. It's a women's that random women's tag tournament, but just seems like a device to get over the tag team that's going on now. Branded was in Alley. Yeah, because like they're the only actual tag team at the minute, and then there's a bunch of thrown together people, and then but they but they've been doing it as like a separate thing on YouTube. Yeah, and like as much as people like I think Nyla Rose apparently, like, yeah, people are angry we didn't do this on Darker Diamond, but think about it, the women are getting their own thing, mm. their own separate thing. But then they substituted that because like they have most of the women on that show, on a more, on a more recent Dynamite. Mm-hmm. They had like a match that barely went over five, or meant more than five minutes. Yeah, and got them. I got them a lot of criticism online because mm-hmm. AEW's one of the AEW's weakest things right now has been their women's division. I think. Yeah. 
So like compare that to Impact. You want you want to talk AEW? Let's talk about Sammy Guevara. Was it like yeah, he, the brained Matt Hardy with a, a real chair shot? Nah, he, he threw the chair a bit too hard and bust him good. And apparently got made a lot of people backstage very angry at him. Yeah. Was it the fact that he lifted the wrong kind of chair? He just threw it way too hard. I think it was the wrong kind of chair. Yeah. Wasn't, it wasn't. It was a. Wasn't a. Wasn't a prop chair. No. You know, it was a real fucking chair. No. And the thing with, you know, as I mentioned, Jordan Grace, she's probably one of my my favorite person on Twitter, wrestling wise. Yeah. One of my favorite people on Twitter. If you don't follow Jordan Grace on Twitter, if you if you have Twitter out there, I recommend you do, because she's very good minded. Yeah. Shit. And like, is not afraid <coughs> to give it back. Good honor. Because like, there was a guy. She was saying about like excitement about how she feels about the knockout division and like getting to me event at that special mm. and like the work they've been doing and some guy Chris and then followed by a bunch of numbers and he Sando basically said that basically implied like what's the point in doing all this great work if no one's watching because mm-hmm. like basically does anyone notice of course yeah, using, notice. using the idea like using the metaphor of tree falls in the forest all that because he couldn't because I was like a lot of people don't think. That impact's still not got a lot of eyes on it, and in some ways it doesn't, but like, and then basically told her she should go to either AEW or WWE, <laughs> and then she basically went, Thank you, and kindly fuck off, Chris, bunch of numbers. <laughs> was her response. Kindly like, kind of fuck off and let me live my life, I think was her. Yeah. That phase, and be like, Yeah, because that's the thing like, we shouldn't have just between WWE and AEW, you should be able to well, we 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 wrestle wherever you want. Because, see, be honest with you. Mm-hmm. WWE, apart from a few particular points at the moment, is in fucking free fall, in my opinion. It's calamitous. AEW, just personal opinion, I don't see the hype. Impact, for me personally, is doing everything fucking right at the moment. Because mm-hmm. like, like, I like, because that's the like NXT, and like, even though people like, oh, they're like people, even people like Dave Meltzer saying that NXT isn't cool, ages ago said NXT wasn't the cool thing anymore, and like, you're like, oh, AEW is so much better than NXT because it wins in the ratings. Like, yeah, but you take away the fact that AEW draws higher than NXT. AEW's ratings, like people like Eric Industry with like Eric Bischoff have came out and said, like, if back in the day we were getting the numbers that AEW was talking it was getting, we wouldn't be celebrating those. Yeah. And, like, I still like NXT. I still tune in. And, like, Jimmy from Robins took the piss, I think I mentioned this before, but the next takeover being takeover 30. But the logo is three X's. Mm. And you're like, TakeOver Triple X, the sexiest of all TakeOvers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wonder what else we're going to get on that uh, two-part special, though. On the emergence thing? Yeah, yeah I, I see a... I see a... North Machine Guns rematch. Yeah, that's going to be on it. One of those parts. Uh, I see, obviously, I think the first part will definitely be made by Eddie Edwards. Yeah. Maybe against Eric Young. I would think so. Because I think the main feud, like, I don't think they'd extend that to Benful Gore, because I think the Benful Gore feud is Eric Young v. Rich Swan. Mm. And then after Benful Gore Swan going back to Billy Mack and their tag team. Yeah. And then obviously they're going to do that TJP Chris Bay thing on one of the specials. I'm, I'm loving him at the minute. Chris Bay. Chris Bay. Mm-hmm. I have to laugh, though, he's so. He's so athletically built he's so like there's not a fucking ounce of fat on the guy right <laughs> like it reminds me of back in the day when certain diva wrestlers used to win the women's title mm-hmm. and it would hang off them 
<laughs> you know? It's like when fucking that flat-faced backstabbing Judas let, let and ran away and wouldn't bring the title back. The title used uh, to uh, hang on her too. I was like, who the fuck you were then realised you were talking about Tessa? Yeah. The title used to hang off her too. It hangs off Chris Bay. Because he's, there's nothing of the man. He's this perfectly fucking muscly as fuck, but so tiny. And he's fucking... He's in ring, he's in ring stuff is phenomenal. You know, him and TJP go really... You know? I think... You, you think they'll extend this... Uh... He's Austin, Madden, Holton, think we the good brothers to Beverly Gordy. I think they'll just do the payoff at Emergence. I think they may just do the payoff at Emergence because I don't really think, to be honest with you, being, you know, Ace Austin's bodyguard basically is good for Fulton's mm-hmm. progress, you know. I think coming out, of, coming out of LVE, he really should have been more front-focused, you know what I mean? Yeah, but you're right. Then you've got a uh, RVD and Sammy Callahan possibly, which I assume will be some sort of street fight which or Sammy hardcore should match win. of some such. Sammy should win that one though, because I can't have him taking two pe- two big losses in a row. Uh, it should be a loser. Loser gets Katie Forbes. Oh no! <laughs> no what? Oh <laughs> no, man! Because I've been trying to think about Ben Fuller, who do you th- who will fight Eddie Edwards? The belt, and I'm trying to think Moose or EC3. Oh, but Eric Young? No, no, I think they'll do the Eric Young thing in Emergence, I said to you. And you think Eric Young will lose then? Yeah, and I think, like I said, the main food for uh, Bountiful Corey is Eric Young v. Rich One. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I think they'll keep the leg injury a thing until Bountiful Corey, so that Swan is not going in there 100%, which creates a bigger story mm. for him and makes it more emotional if he eventually manages to beat him. No. So, I'm hoping that by emergence, or maybe if he hasn't by then, that will, one of the two parts will see the debut finally of uh, Brian Myers. Yeah. Maybe he'll debut and have a run in that. So, That'd be cool. Or he gets a job, or maybe against uh, Rajit, or whatever his name is. Him who seems to lose to everyone. Hashtag leave Rajit in peace, man. The guy's <laughs> cool. He even came out with new music all the day. Last I didn't know what his old music was, so how could I tell? Ah, well, it came out with new music. Also, I've seen some people on the Impact fan group talking about, on Facebook, talking about who they think Suicide is. Mm. There's a wrestler called uh, Caleb Conley. I've seen once or twice on uh, NWA, who seems to be the popular favourite yeah. to be the guy. And, and I remember thinking, like, well, maybe it's just like how I, I proceed, or maybe just the camera goes back. I think I remember Caleb Conley being a bit taller than I see Suicide being, mm. but maybe it is him. Because, like, I don't think, I think of Kazarian being particularly tall, but apparently he was suicide for a while. Hmm. Like, so maybe that could be him, because one of the main things is Ethan Page is, does a lot of vlogging. Yeah. Like he's got, like, a really good yeah, YouTube channel, apparently. Apparently, whenever he does vlogs, like, uh, Impact, when he's backstage at the tapings, mm. apparently Caleb Connolly pops up a lot in them. <laughs> but, like, he's never been actually seen on the TV, so, like, a lot of people are putting food together, like, Guy wrestle backstage doesn't appear on TV when there's a mass wrestle that no one knows who it is. I, I must say, Ethan Page at the moment <laughs> is hilarious. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you've, if Lissy's for like, like the show you've seen or the one before it. I think I've seen the clip where he finally woke up and like, well, after the uh, when the North had beat them, <laughs> and uh, Josh Alexander was backstage giving it the the rhetoric and the shouts like we will look get our titles back. <laughs> And Ethan Page goes to talk and he just goes, 
he just walks over. He's like, and he, Josh Alexander's like, huh, <laughs> you know. But then I was like, now you've not got anything to say. And they came out to confront the machine guns, and yeah. like that's when he finally snapped and went, "No, they did not beat the North. They beat us at forty yeah. percent. And we will, and we will fight you again. And we hope this time we will be at a hundred percent. And I see this being where the North wins the belts back. Yeah. And then I can see a big multi-man match at Brentford Glory, which sees uh, the Good Brothers walking out with the uh, the gold. Well, fine. It has to be Lem. Well, it can't be the North forever. Because you've got like such a good tag division, we just mentioned here. Eventually, they're gonna have to lose. Give it to Reno Scumlin. <laughs> like, give well, it to the Deaners, man. I, I don't know if you've seen the the sound on YouTube, but they did it for Ty Valkyrie when touring Greece, where they basically showed like her one uh, compilation of every uh, title defense yeah. and her reign because she was the longest reign champion, and and they did that for the the North after the machine guns beat them. Or basically, was just showing every successful defense of the North title reign. Mm. And it's pretty good to see how many people they've actually beaten. Beat, yeah. <laughs> Even randomly beaten, like, random people like Marta Fuji and Eddie Edwards, or Eddie Edwards and Tessa Blanchard. Mm. And they actually, and they made a big deal of the fact that Alexander pinned Tessa, who was the then world champion. Just fun. Mm. Like, like I said, I sometimes worry that we're being too biased in favour of Impact. I don't think we are, you know. I think we're just calling it as we see it. Like I know a lot of people call out Meltzer being fan, being biased towards like Japanese wrestling, but then you think, well, like, people have what what they like, and like we like Impact, he likes Jap- Japan. Yeah. Like, uh, like I remember when I did the podcast with Jimmy and Nathan from Rogue Opinions, where they liked like the Diana Perazzo match and the uh, X Division match, like I that we did. Yeah. But like there were two other things that weren't as fond of like Nathan wasn't as fond of Eric Young as the surprise entry because. He's seen more Jung's WWE work than his TNA work. And then you think about it, like, well, yeah, if, he, if you just see him as a guy from Sanity who wasn't appearing on TV, he's not going to come across as a big surprise at the end. Yeah. And if you're not watching, and I don't think Jim was watching as regularly, like I had been leading up to the thing, they mm. watched the show in itself. And there were times where, like, where they were praising it, but then the times where they were, I thought, oh, you're being a bit harsh on it. But, like, I need to sometimes try and remember, they have a different perspective from you because. I was unlike them. I was watching the few weeks leading up to it, so yeah. I had that excitement and that anticipation going into it. And it shouldn't be like, why aren't you? Why are you sitting on the thing? I like, why aren't you agreeing with me constantly? <laughs> Very true. <laughs> but I don't think we're trying to like really push impact as such. I think we're just doing a thing that a lot of people nowadays seem to be doing. They're actually giving it the credit it's due. Mm-hmm. You know, because granted, impact and TNA wrestling for the longest time was a shit show. Mm-hmm. It was bad. But we've, we've done so much fucking work now and they're getting to that point where people are actually starting to talk about them again. <laughs> Positively, you know? It's not like, it's not like the company hasn't been treated like Marty Jannetty's fucking social media posts. <laughs> you know? Like, oh, there's Marty again with some pervy shit. It's not like, oh, there's Impact trying to wrestle. <laughs> Where's Impact trying to put on a show? It's like, oh my god, Impact, they're fucking putting on a show. It's not like you back know? in the day like, when the Simpsons are like the dog, ah, he thinks he's people. You know, he's a little Impact. Ah, they think they're wrestling. Mm. <laughs> it's no like that because, you know, there's no fucking Hogan, there's no Carters, there's no Jarrett's. I mean, because we, what we did were Impact merch by the most recent part last week. I mean, we know where Impact came from. Yeah. 
Oh, I should mention this here, because fuck it, why not? <laughs> I got the most polite decline to an interview from Jeff Jarrett the other day. Did you? Yeah, I, I was reaching out to Jarrett and a bunch of other wrestlers to do an interview as part of Rogue Pines, because we do that retro series. Yeah, that yeah. Host, that and so I, I emailed Jeff Jarrett, because he emails on his Twitter bio, so, you know. Yeah. I, I, I messaged him about doing an interview, and the most polite decline I've ever gotten. Oh, go on. Uh, well, I... Yeah, he, he said to hello, and he went, uh, unfortunately, I'm not doing any media at the moment. That's why I will kindly decline. Thanks. And then put JJ at the bottom of his email. <laughs> like, that's the most nicest uh, no I've ever got. It's like, it's like there's, in that show Parks and Recreation, uh, uh, Rob uh, Rob Lowe, sorry, I forgot his surname, Rob Lowe's character in it, breaks up with a woman, but he's, because his character's so optimistic and so nice, she doesn't realise he's broken up with her until like, a few weeks later, huh? <laughs> She's like, oh my god, how did I not listen? <laughs> yeah, but like, so yeah, it was it was weird. Like, yeah. just, um, um, I don't think he'd be a play if he knew if he listened to Back to Her in retrospective, so. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe Probably not. Probably not. He definitely doesn't listen to this show. Maybe not. You best, you best hope. Although, I don't think we're quite lofty enough for Mr. Jarrett to listen to us yet. I may be interviewing Sean Stasiak, though. Because <laughs> he's some reason he somehow follows me on Twitter, on my personal Twitter. He follows you? He randomly followed me. He randomly followed a bunch of stories so there and then unfollowed certain people. My brother's annoyed he suddenly unfollowed him. For some reason, he still follows me. Like, I don't think he knows who I am. So, either, but, either that or he's a big fan of fucking Fraser and follows uh, <laughs> Well, if he follows you, that means you may know of our show. I doubt it. Like, he, he said to get back. You would mean him would circle. He would circle back to me possibly interviewing him. This is for Rogue Pains. That is, yeah, like in a couple of weeks because he had some project thing. Like I, I find it hard to, to believe him because he got back to me with such rapidness when I originally messaged him. Like, <laughs> like I mean, within a minute. <laughs> like so clearly you were you didn't have anything on at the time, and now you're trying to stay busy. If, now I know he follows me, but I'm, I'm hopeful it's one of the, I'm one of those people he's just forgotten. So you're you're hoping that you don't your personal stalker is not Sean Stasiak. I'm hopeful that you just <laughs> I'm just one of the random people he happens to follow and just hasn't gotten around to unfollowing yet, and that he's not a follower of this show because I don't think I think he'll decline this, the interview quickly if he hears me just talking about him now. And I don't just think implying, so. And just implying he's nothing better to do. I don't think so. If he if he if he at all knows of or listens to this show and he knows we talk a lot of shit anyway, and it's all in good spirits, mm. mostly. <laughs> yeah, should get should get him to do an introduction for this show. Oh yeah, here is Scott and Paul's rambling podcast from Planet Stasia. <laughs> That'd be so cool. That's gonna, that's gonna be one of my questions. Where exactly is Planet Stasia? <laughs> Coming to you live from Planet Stasiak. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be bitching. <laughs> That'd be cool. Uh, yeah, ask him to do it. Go on. But He's he's your online friend. Friend. Talk to him. No, he's, a, he's not exactly my friend, is he? He's your friend. <laughs> Ooh, friend. <laughs> Planet Stasiak friend. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to talk about Raw Underground? Not really. <laughs> you know, what happened? 
they have nothing better to do, so, ooh, ooh, let's bring back some random factions and put some strippers around a ring with no ropes. Wow, it's great. Oh, oh, let's bring Shane back too to stand about looking like a tit. Wow. No, <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. I think it could be good. I think they give it time. I've seen some good suggestions about it, like the idea of like making Ronda in the third hour of Raw mm. so that the main stuff can just be within two hours and not feel like a drag. And like, basically when it comes to Ronda, basically you'll want to watch it. Watch it if not, don't. No, I hear it. Kind of like you know, the first hour of Raw was just Raw's War, and then, and then it was the Wars on the second hour. Mm. It could be like well, the first two hours are just Raw, and the third hour is Raw Underground. Because mm. they're not going to get rid of the third hour anytime soon. Well, I mean, as long as it is what people are saying, it could be. Mm-hmm. You know, a little bit more mature, edged content. Mm-hmm. You know, because maybe the WWE could do that. Maybe like they say, first two hours cool, and then. So the last hour, like kids, if you want your kids to watch this, mm-hmm. it's all up to you. Well, it'd be good if they give it a third, made it the full third hour because they let stuff actually breathe and not let in the debut of it where fights are over quicker than it takes me to do a piss. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> right, so I've taken pisses along in some of those fights, and I know it may seem real that a real fight can just end like that if the person's like tough enough. Yeah. They, they could fucking knock you out, but like. Like, at least give them time to breathe, because, like, you got, like, Bobby Lashley and shit. I mean, you have legit, like, uh, athletes. Yeah. You've got uh, one of the guys with the Viking Mirrors. You've got that Baba Kato, formerly Baba Tunde. Bring, bring back Maven. <laughs> Put him in it. Karen Cross, formerly Killer Cross, is what I'm trying to basically say. I want a, I want a piece of this. <laughs> basically saying, like, on, let me go in. I'll kill everybody. <laughs> let Shayna Beasley go in and just murder people. That'd be cool. Let the actual tough people go in and they announced payback a week after SummerSlam and so people were hoping like just make that a pay-per-view for Raw Underground. Yeah. Just like basically have a big show filled with big shoot fights. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> but, like yeah, again like this is a wish thing I think from a lot of people and there's a joke like somebody like uh, Brawl for All or the Lions in which one returns first as part of Raw Underground? <laughs> SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Drew is fighting Orton, right? Yes. Title. Yes. Does Drew Drew retain? Do you think? I'm and I am doubtful. Or do you think that Orton will get the title? Could see it happen. But like, and it's weird because I did a, a SummerSlam fantasy big with with uh, Nathan and Jim and Roger Pagans, and I was the only one who who my fantasy big included Orton winning the title, and they were suddenly they were somehow they were a guest. Were shot, and this is me who enjoyed, who had a fantasy book in which involved an entire battle royal taking place on a boat. Yeah. If you're if you're wondering what the hell did you do that for, check out the podcast. You'll you'll if it's up yet, then you'll know why. But like battle royal on a boat surrounded by sharks <laughs> with freaking laser beams attached to their heads. Can't be sharks with freaking laser beams attached to their heads. <laughs> I think where's your Drew made a reference to that a few weeks ago. Give me a key match, a ladder match, a match, and a volcano thrown by shot with freaking laser beams attached to their heads. <laughs> I'm talking about the match that Dolph could have chosen for Extreme Rules. But, like, I'm thinking that the uh, Orton could win, right? Yeah. But, like, and that's a good thing because that's the one thing missing from Drew's reign so far. That he's been fighting Seth, Lashley, and Dolph. Dolph is someone we don't care about. And Lashley and Seth's matches came so early in his reign that it was impossible to think that they could beat him. So that's what's missing from Drew, a person that actually makes you think, huh, 
you could actually, win that. Drew actually could lose here, and someone who, if Drew actually did beat them, you'd genuinely be actually surprised because you thought for a second, huh, for a second, lose it. for a second I thought Drew was going to lose that, yeah. but he didn't, and that's a surprise. He didn't, he didn't lose it, and then everybody went, yay. <laughs> and there was much rejoice. Like, I, I wouldn't mind if Warren did win it, but then I would hope that he would lose it soon back to Drew, because WWE seems insistent on getting uh, fans back as soon as, and they want like they they want they said even said it would it was not without it's not out of the realms of possibility for him to go back to Saudi Arabia by the end of the year, which would be a stupid thing. Mm-hmm. It's stupid for them to go when. There isn't a pandemic on, but like going when there actually is. Mm. I think that the second last pay per view or network exclusive thing that they did before the pandemic was a Saudi Arabia show, mm. and then they had Extreme Rules. That was the last one. Maybe it's Shayna Baszler's fault. Shayna Baszler when demolishes a whole chamber full of women, and suddenly the world goes to hell. Mm. And maybe that's why she hasn't been used probably since then. They're like, see what you fucking done. Somebody did say, well, thankfully before the pandemic we got this moment and it was a picture of Edge Dave coming back at the Rumble. I think when somebody, I've seen some some person put a photo like that saying like, it's the one good moment we've gotten from 2020. Mm. The one thing that, that COVID couldn't ruin. Well, that and seeing Drew standing tall winning the Rumble. Yep, yeah, part of that was seeing him having to go on in media in front of no fans. Yeah, that sucked. Or at least Edge history we weren't actually helped, was helped by the no fans because... You could cut these very silent, serious promos. promos. Yeah. And then they had the brawl where they utilised the entire arena. Mm. Whereas Drew had to win in front of nobody for, for no reaction. Which kind of sucked. Mm. And then Randall had to defend against the big show. Mm. I still don't know what the hell that was about. Well, actually, I do know that was about the next day big show's Netflix show was coming out. Mm. Probably that's why. So he had to come and waddle about a ring for five minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fact that that match with Big Show, I think, from what I checked in the ever-reliable Wikipedia, says <laughs> that that match was longer than the actual Lesnar match by like a full two or so minutes. Christ. Mm-hmm. So, is it the WWE <clears throat> doesn't like to, or doesn't know how to put on a long match with two big guys? It's not that they don't know. They've had that it's happening after me. I think they want to make Drew look dominant by beating two of the biggest guys in the company. Yeah. But they could make him look just as dominant. Biggest, I mean, size wise. But But I'm saying they could make him look just as dominant by putting on a longer match. WWE doesn't like putting uh, Brock in the long matches at the best of times. Yeah. And I I doubt really why I put him in a long match when there was no crowd, which is probably why they had Drew over so quickly. Yeah. Because apparently the original plan was Drew, Brock, two, Electric Boogaloo at SummerSlam. Yeah, but apparently the lack of fans is what's making is what's putting Dewey off, putting bringing Lesnar back. Yeah, because you got to think part of the reason that him was let go from his career position was basically to spend more time with the character, i.e., the uh, the manager of him, of uh, of Lesnar. Yeah, but now the fact that he has no Lesnar to manage because Lesnar's not being brought in because of the reason I just gave there, like it's given. Like, Hasn't been brought in. Why? Because of what I just said. <laughs> That's why. So, you guys, it's left him with nothing to do. You could but put him back in his creative position. At least they've given uh, they've given Drew a Super Bowl challenger in, uh, in Drew. 
and Randy. Yeah, I say Andrew. Yeah, Drew's fighting himself. It's just a ring surrounded by a bunch of mirrors. Drew versus himself. What, is he beaten by his own vanity? God, I used to be so small and non-hairy. Look at me now, big hairy Scotsman. It's like, it's like, the, like that big scene from like Superman 3 when the two versions of Superman yeah. is the split. It's like 2010, Drew McIntyre big chosen one event against the big beardy angry version of, <laughs> of Drew. And at the end, the match just merged back into one again. <laughs> you know what made it happen at SummerSlam 94? They were going to try and do some illusion where it made it like the two Undertakers merged into one and now there was just one true Undertaker. I didn't know that. But yeah, but then they realised there's no possible way for us to execute that without it looking dodgy as fuck. Well, not in, we could maybe have done it nowadays, but yeah. not then. Well, you couldn't do it live. They could do it if it was pre-recorded. Yeah. Well, like, That's what I mean. They could pre-tape it, not like crap. Mm-hmm. But make it look a lot better nowadays. Like, it just, that, that's what just makes me think that somebody in the creative department had spent the night before just watching Highlander and, like, two takers merged together because there can they're going to be, be only, only one. one. Yes. Yes. Highlander is a great movie. Never seen it. Never seen it? No. You must watch it. Never watch any of the sequels, Hall. I will not. You know, wait, the fourth wait, one has, has Edge in it. Edge is in the fourth one. Really? Well, he appears briefly and apparently has one line, but he's in it. What did he walk up and go? All right. <laughs> no, he's in it briefly. And pretty sure uh, there's a in that retro series I've been doing. There's episodes of Madden where Edge randomly like, oh my knee, after a match, and then doesn't <laughs> appear the next week. Right. I think that's maybe. Oh, Edge is off to. We need Edge off to go film his uh, bit in Highlander. <laughs> bit in Highlander, he, he's an extra. He doesn't realise the camera's on. That's his line, he's walking past eating a pasty or something, and he's like, Oh fuck! <laughs> oh man, Look, Adam Copeland in Highlander 4 with the line, Oh fuck! <laughs> I think his one line is, By deed of the king. <laughs> and he, I think he tries to sound either English or Scottish in the film and does a very bad job of it. By deed of the king, and I'm honest, I'm no American. I'm no <laughs> honest. He's, no, he's Canadian. Uh, it's weird because Canadians can do a very good Scottish accent. I mean, look at Mike Myers. <laughs> oh, right on that mommy daddy <laughs> button. <laughs> I hope my wire fighting team is ready. One of my wires broke. <laughs> you really are a fat bastard. Why do you have to say that? That hurts my feelings there. <laughs> Did you just soil yourself? Maybe. It's <laughs> in a bit wet right land there, didn't it? Oh. You know, you walk up an apartment building, you see a lot of people cooking, you're like, oh, what are they cooking? What? And crap. That's what that smells oh, like. Oh, I could gag a maggot. <laughs> <laughs> Love that movie. Well, weird tangent. A weird journey we've went, found ourselves going, isn't it? You know what my favourite, you know what my favourite Helen Hunt movie is? Twister! <laughs> oh, that's, that's a hard scene to watch, though. <laughs> Although I would admit after, well, I won't shy away from men that in fights, if I was desperate, I would try I would try that for a while. <laughs> Go for the balls, that's always the best thing if you're losing a fight. Dr. Evil, I've got a new deal for you. You keep your money, and I'll get your baby. <laughs> Do you really love the Austin Powers now? Yes. <laughs> what else do you want to talk about before we move on to Fraser for this week? Uh, no. <laughs> no, I have nothing. 
You have nothing. I have nothing. I have nothing to say. I, I've got nothing, okay? Nothing. Apart from the fact that I did get two new additions to my wrestling collection. They're not up yet. I got SummerSlam 94. Mm-hmm. And I got Jesse Labody Ventura. Special video. Right. Possibly American, I'm not sure. So it may uh, it may only be a display tape, but hey, bitchin'. I told uh, Jimmy and Nathan of uh, my weird double pack of uh, the uh, Capital Carnage King around 2000. Yeah. And then I mentioned you're one of the best of Raw in May of 2000. Yeah. And they were just like, what? <laughs> like, I wasn't on a podcast, I think it was just while we were talking before we recorded. Yeah, yeah. Like, they were just like, like, how do those go together? I think one of them showed the video idea. Like, I think we had, I think they had some extra best of rod videos. They're like, well, we just gotta get these out of there. Just stick them in with that. Aye. No. And also, I have uh, Insurrection two thousand and Insurrection two thousand and one hmm. on the way. Ah. And a double pack or a separate? Yes, separate. Ah. Separate tips. Hmm. And I have also one, as I found out today, an Owen Hart Pog. Hmm. Yeah. Remember Owen Hart? He's back in Pog form. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also in the middle of bidding for a 1998 magazine with a bloodied Steve Austin on the cover. Have you, uh, you not bought one of the Insurrections actually on here already? Or have you... No, I don't have an Insurrection. Hmm. I know you got backlash in judgment. You should, you should try and get uh, Insurrection 02, because like you said, we, technically the last ever dirty paper, you can put it between your, uh, yeah. your backlash 02 and your judgment day 02. But I'm going to have to do some serious rearranging, son. Yeah, just think, because it goes between those two, in order yeah. the chronology. I mean, I'm going to have to make space for SummerSlam 94. Because I have SummerSlam 92, 93, 94. Mm. You know. yeah. But I'm also bidding I'm also on, you know those Raw videos I have? The ones that came before, the best of Raw and all that? Yeah. Well, I am currently bidding on Raw 4. Best of Raw 4. What ones have you got so far? I have 8, I have 3. You've got 5 over there, I can right. see. Where's 5? Right above the television. Oh yeah. This is great radio, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I have I have the first one, I have 5, I have 3, I have 8. And if I win it, I will have 4. Well, I, was, I, was looking, I was looking around to see if I could see your backlash and judgement deal too, so I can see them right above me right there. Yeah. Right there. But next to your down, we're down here t shirt. Yeah. Which is fine for how I was looking for them. Where are they? Up there. No, up where? Up where? Up there. You look down low. Down where? Down, down here, right to the magazines. <laughs> I was looking down here. Man, I should be looking up there. Yeah. Up where? Up there. Up where? <laughs> <laughs> right, we're, we're going on tangents and talking crap. <laughs> Wrestling. Woo! <laughs> Anyway, back to Fraser, shall we? Yes, yes. Technically a two-part, so it's good that we're covering these episodes together. Because mm-hmm. like, they feature a very similar plot going through the two episodes. As uh, they have a similar focus on a particular secondary character, a particular love interest for Fraser, which is a commonality between those, even though they're not officially stated as a two-part or like... It's not said part one or part two, there's no big cliffhanger to be continued at the end of the one. No, no. To go into the next one. It's, it's one of those, well, we don't need to tell you, it's obvious. But they are directed and directed by the same person, I believe. Like Pamela Fryman, I believe, is the woman who directed both of these episodes. Ah. They do have like, a certain amount of directors. I think, weirdly, uh, David Lee, I think, may have been the one who directed most episodes of Frasier. I think he directed around 40 of them. 
Yeah. He wasn't, he wasn't the one that 9 11 was he? I don't know. It was Angel, wasn't it? I have no idea. I think, weirdly, Guthrie Amber is the second most pleased of the 36 episodes that he's done. <laughs> yeah, he did do a lot of them. And now we're randomly through that fad out there, I'm pretty sure. And that quiz that we keep saying we're going to do, I'm pretty sure that was going to be one of my future questions and related to a number of episodes, so going to have to retcon and find a new I'll, question. I'll remember that one in case you've forgotten you've mentioned it. I'm going to have to go back and redo that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Going into the episode, it's episode 7 of season 5, My Fair Freighter. Yes. And while they're both decent episodes, not <laughs> the uh, not the strongest out of the episodes we've been covering, because the last few we did were, I think, Belter of an episode. Yeah. Uh, Good but, choice of words, though. Yeah. Belter. But, like, looking at these two, and then the two episodes we've got coming after this, and even a couple, like, a space, and then a couple after that. Yeah. Still, like, again, looking at these vibes, these Belter, Belter, Because, <laughs> like, the next two after this are, like, perspectives on Christmas... Mm. And uh, there's one other one I can't remember, but we've got the ski lodge coming up. Because nah. we've got seven and eight here in episode 14, I believe, is the ski lodge. Good episode. It is a good episode. That is uh, the ham radio of the season, or the, the innkeepers of the season, <laughs> as, it, as it were. Yes, yes. But this is episode seven, My Fair Fraser. Yes. And it opens in the booth with uh, Fraser giving Roz a gift as a thank you for or some promos that he yes, had helped a, a little glitzy looking. Sort of tubular handbag yeah, type thing. A very sparkly looking handbag. Yeah, very sparkly. Very, little, very little small thing, thing but like, so small that she, looks, she opens up and she immediately starts crying and Fraser goes, hmm, maybe I should have gone with something else. Maybe I should have gone with the shawl, I think he yeah, says. Fra- and then Rose's like, oh, it's not the parcel, I do hate it. <laughs> and she just jumps about and says, not the purse, although I do hate it. <laughs> <laughs> and then like Fraser assumes that like, our hormones and that, and then she's like, that's idiotic. <laughs> And like, is there anything else bothering you? Like, last night was a disaster. Oh, yes, your date. Yeah. And uh, so, like... He tried, we were halfway through dinner, he tried to order me a drink, and then I had to tell him I was pregnant. You didn't tell him that before the date? I hope my radiant glow would give off the idea. Oh, Roz. Oh, good everyone. Miss your glow. Oh, yeah, because he's about to say, oh, Roz, go on, you're going. And then she gives him a look. He's like, oh, Roz, how could anyone miss your glow? Like, like, but he's like, you didn't tell him before, and she's like... Well, it's hard. It's a difficult thing to bring up. Yeah. And plus, like she said, I was hoping my reading goal would kind of give it away. Yeah. Uh, which is it's funny how she said it's a difficult thing to bring up when Fraser so well accidentally blatantly spilled it to a whole party full of people <laughs> a few episodes ago. So I think that's kind of a callback there. And then he says, like he says, it's not a problem. But then he's, his beeper goes out. He has, he has to, go. to go to work. He has an emergency. People get work emergencies all the time. He's Fraser. He sells wicker furniture. Who needs their end tables recained at five thirty at night? I think it was nine at night. Nine thirty at night. But like, I love how she says that. She says it as she starts crying at nine thirty at night. <laughs> <laughs> she starts crying again, and then Fraser tries to like calm her down. And he's like, like, "It's not the hormones. Your body's gone through a whole lot of things right now." And he's been very sympathetic. Yeah, and- he's been a very good friend, and she seems to cheer up very quickly. And she's like, a virus, and you get back to work. Yeah, she picks up a bit, and she's like, oh my god, my pen is out of ink! Although, let's not discount the hormones. <laughs> yes, let's not discount those hormones too soon. <laughs> she goes and cried. I'm fine, too. Like, ah! <laughs> Rage! Very quickly. And then Fraser goes back to the store where he re- he bought this yeah. item, and uh, wants to return it. And he's like... And the woman behind the camera is like, oh, I'm sorry, this is a sale item. We have a no-return policy. Uh. Well, I bought it for a friend. 
And she's and she assumes that he's been like secretly trying to mention himself. And she's like, ah, maybe your friend would like to make it work with some matching shoes. We have up to size thirteen. <laughs> he's like, and then Fraser gets up and he's like, this was a gift for a friend, and I would like I would like very much for you not to italicize it when you say friend. Because he says, does your wife not like it? He says, not my wife. Girlfriend? No, and I don't have time to go into all my non-existent relationships. It was a gift for a friend. Ah, and then she does the whole... Yeah, she does the whole spiel. Like, I don't know, maybe like an, an uppity, like, class store. Mm. But, like, there's very no need to immediately assume, ah, this man is clearly either gay or some sort of cross-dresser. And how does a, a very large, over six foot, well-dressed mm. man need a purse? I know. Clearly, if he was some the kind of man who would openly buy a purse like that, he would dress... And more suit. I don't think he would dress in that type of suit. I don't think he would dress so casually. Yes, he would. He would openly and freely about it, and he would not be so embarrassed. Yeah, because he, he, he wouldn't care about his purse. And he wouldn't care about his sparkles. He, he wouldn't. He wouldn't say it's for a friend. He says, "I bought this. I would like it. Please, can I wear it? Can I return this? <laughs> I would like to speak to your manager." <laughs> but then uh, the woman went. So yeah, the woman's not obviously taking allowing me to give it back. Yeah. Uh, the woman's not taking off the purse back, and then in comes uh, Samantha Pierce. I well, mean, we don't know that at the time. That's her name. Uh, yes. Lindsay Frost is the name of the actress. Oh. I, I thought she seemed more familiar from other things. I don't think she's been in that much other stuff that I would have watched, but uh, like she did seem so familiar. Maybe it's just because I remember so well from this yeah. episode. And then she kind of sits in like, man, you need help. He goes, he goes, if you hold her down, I can do the, the rest. rest. <laughs> But that's immediately what he's assuming. Like, well, yeah. if you hold her down, I can do the rest. <laughs> you know, let's hope that it doesn't come to that. And she sits for him, basically, kind of. She doesn't, we don't know if she's a lawyer yet, but she but, basically carries herself as one. Yeah, she lawyer, she lawyers this woman. Yeah, he's like cross examines her, basically says like, like I know you have rules, but like you should know this this retail industry is not based on rules; it's based on relationships. Now you so, look at this gentleman here, well dressed, well dressed. Clearly, clearly does well, has a lot of money. He's a kind of man you would hope to do have a relationship with. No, well, he, there's just one problem. He is not happy with his purse. It's not my purse. <laughs> maybe maybe his purse was the wrong color. Maybe it didn't hold enough. It's not my purse. <laughs> like, maybe... But if you if he goes away unhappy now, he may never come back again. And what he may buy... Scarves? Mm-hmm. Shoes, hosiery. Like, <laughs> it's not my purse. But like basically saying, like this is a man who's clearly well to do. He could come back. He could be a regular customer. Like, yeah. would you? Do you want to help mend the relationship of the future customer, or do you want to go bed at night? The sweet satisfaction that you followed, followed the, the rules. rules. And she's like, I'll go get the forms. <laughs> she basically pretty woman's this, this woman because like yeah. I mean, there's that scene in Pretty Woman where Julia Roberts is basically looked down at by the store clerks. Yeah. And then she goes away, she comes back a bit more, so she's been to all these other stores and like, hey, big mistake for her shunning me before. She wasn't a lawyer in that movie, though. Yeah, no, but it's basically, <laughs> but it's basically the idea of, yeah, like, I know. you looking down and you know this person who could be a potential regular customer for you, and you're, would you rather build a relationship with someone who could earn you a lot of money, or would you rather just follow me a stickler for rules? And stuffiness. Yes, and be a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> then Fraser... A bitch. Yeah, so you go to the forums... And Fraser like very grateful and you're like, Well, that was easy, you should uh see we try to return something that were difficult, like a house or a kidney. <laughs> the key is persistence and then Fraser kinda asks her out and she kinda at first goes like she's very hesitant and she kinda declines yeah. and she goes to walk away and he, he says Oh so she's there just so what's we know her name's Sam and he's like 
Sam, okay, yes, I'd love to go out with you. <laughs> See, persistence. <laughs> well, actually, I was just going to ask if you could get my my car validated, but <laughs> this works, 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 works too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, she clearly is interested in him, and then as soon as he like says our name again, he immediately runs back. Okay, fine, I will go out with you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we got to the apartment where Fraser is sitting down on the couch. He's all feeling all smug. He's, yeah. He's basically like, I have something I want to brag about, but I don't want it. I'm hoping that you will ask me first <laughs> and Martin's yeah, not paying too much attention he's just watching the game like, what, yeah. you, what are you doing? just watching the game with you what's the score? 20-27 want to know who's winning? not particularly no <laughs> like and uh, Martin's like and uh, Daphne comes in and goes oh someone's got a date what, what took you off my air of confidence? no you silver colour pen you want to wear it when you've got a date now she's got the tartar off it cleans up quite nicely <laughs> Basically implied, oh, you finally brought that back out again. It's been a while. <laughs> and then uh, in comes Niles. And uh, they may be going to the boat show with Dad. And yeah. he just says, like, unfortunately, I won't be able to join you. I have a day. Oh, oh that's, that's unfortunate. Look at the star out there. Is that Orion? And then you and Fraser randomly go off to the balcony. And then as soon as they're, they're out of your show, what the hell are you doing? And he's like, he's like, man, what a beautiful night it is. Yes, it really, really is that Ryan? Yes, I'm, what the hell are you doing? Whenever it was a dad event, we're there for each other. We have our, we have our mutual support pact. Niles, I have a date with a fantastic woman. Look, it's that matter. I supported. I gave up Traviata tickets to support you at a tractor pull. <laughs> no, it's just the way he goes. I gave up Traviata tickets to support you at something called a tractor pull. Daphne, uh, would you uh, like would, before that? Oh. that uh, Barn said, "Hey, Niles, I thought we'd stop at that medieval restaurant for dinner." What? Oh, great, sounds great, Dad. Dad. Just <laughs> sort of swatting. Swat. No, like, Daphne, you, Daphne, <laughs> would you like to use my ticket for the boat show tonight? Oh, that'd be lovely. Very crafty. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's about the Fraser, like, he's one of the Fraser Crown Studios training after any books hit it. Uh, Daphne, would you like. I might take it, and then he just looks and, like, okay, you won this no, one. You won this one, you dick. Like, well played. I just, yeah, I just like the way he says it. Hmm. Very crafty. <laughs> and uh, he tells them a bit more about the woman that he's going out with. And, uh, like, seems, like, very shy. I think maybe she was intimidated by my fame. Did you say, did you say Sam Pierce? Yeah. Blonde, blonde hair, blue eyes, about this side. How'd you know? She's a Larry I'm King right now. <laughs> and, the, the, and she actually is on Larry King. You've got the actual Larry King as a cameo on the episode. Yeah. The interview and I'm like, she's a lawyer from LA, joins us now in LA. She's in Seattle uh, defending the butcher, butcher knife, knife killer. killer. High profile attorney, Sam Pierce. And then like, they're looking at all aghast at this. And like, also, they just find it a weird, the weirdest named CEO killer maybe ever the butcher knife killer like <laughs> what does he use to kill people butcher knives or just what butcher knife killer what does he use to kill people a stick <laughs> the bunniston butcher fucking sick must <laughs> <laughs> we need a new name oh pish the Wednesday walloper I'm not a walloper <laughs> oh wait wallops you doing your deed <laughs> well we're getting our screams got from Fraser and the bunniston here oh Look at me. Hello, Bunderstein Tramp. <laughs> <laughs> no! But anyway, she's on Larry King. Uh, yeah, okay, and then <laughs> we hear, she said, a, a very high profile dating life. Like, uh, Rum- rumors you're dating people like Brad Pitt, like, George Clooney? Like Kevin Costner and all that. And like, well, those are just rumors. Well, I started the Brad Pitt one. And then, <laughs> and then, and then Niles. Well, <laughs> uh, Niles starts out, he's like, I can see why she may be intimidated by your fame. Oh yes, we can see why she'd be so intimidated by your fame. As he casually gets up and walks past him, and Fraser's like, and, and as if to say, Fraser's like, my God, you really, 
really have a high opinion of yourself, don't you? Yeah. I did love Niles a bit. Like, hmm, I can see why she may be intimidated by your fame. And Martin's like, oh, playing the big league now, Fraser. You know, like, Kim Castner, Brad Pitt, Pitt, you. you. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's funny here when uh, I know this time they've technically got proof of all the like, they're so like, oh, well, Fraser's dating this high profile woman who's dated all these. These other people were like, and yet they didn't believe him a few episodes ago when he had that model. Yeah. And now suddenly it seems plausible that he could date this high-profile woman who's in the public eye and all that. I think we get why she was so a bit hesitant before, because again, dating people in the public eye, because she recognises Fraser from his show and she's got history, even though Fraser's on a different level, mm. like below the people she's been out with before. Like, again, like she's also knows about her dating history, she's a bit hesitant immediately. Dating somebody who she just met, even though she's clearly interested in Fraser. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, like that, me like, don't let, don't worry, Doctor Graham. Maybe she's had a fill of attractive men. Is is ready for a change? It's like, well, thank you. Usually a French trolling me. It's a trick of women to get a date. No, I'm just saying. Like, I must dated a man who uh, dated some of the top British actresses that got tired of their vanity and then wanted something different. Oh, you see, Fraser does that. Oh, then he, again, once he was done slumming with me, he went back to dating actresses. Oh, did he get me a signed photo of Helena Bobby Carter? She's, She's riding a pony. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I, the guy I was dating went back to dating actresses like Helena Bobby Carter, but like, oh, but he gave me a signed photo of her. Then just the, the chirping of, She's riding a pony. <laughs> and they all look at her like, What is your point of the story, Daphne? I like Helena Bonham Carter. She's zany. <laughs> Like, and no matter what part she's playing, she always has like a canny ability to look kind of dead. <laughs> you know, she's probably why I tried to Tim Burton to quite possibly. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you can tell that Fraser's suddenly uncomfortable when he even knows a bit more about her. Yeah, and uh, basically everybody else in the house is not really helping him, making him feel a bit less I, I, intimidated. I, I don't know if we've skipped over a bit here, but um, I'm forgetting to it. The bit uh, when she stays over with him. No, oh, that's a bit earlier. We're getting to that. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, there's a really funny line from her uh-huh. that gets me laughing every time. So we got to the restaurant and she's like, "Goes Dick Andy, Henry Kissinger, and the Dalai Lama are on a plane." Oh, I think I first was shook. No, this oh, really happened. This really happened to me. Oh, <laughs> and uh, it's kind of a, it's very awkward. Like they're barely even touching their their food, and like also because Fraser's now knows the kind of circles that this woman travels in, yeah. and feels a bit intimidated. And uh, Sam's basically talking about how she's had a busy day and like, it's first Fraser, she thinks that, uh, Fraser thinks she's just trying to like, cancel it because she's suddenly not yeah, interested in him. she's sitting there and she's like, look, Fraser, I've, I've had a long day and I'm not really hungry, can we just, and Fraser immediately thinks she's about to break up with him. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I get it. And she's like, can we just pay up and get out of here? Yeah, like you don't have to say anything. He goes, can we just go somewhere and have sex? And then like, he's like, well, that oh, you did have to that say. That you did have to say. But then I, I don't mean to be so far forward, but that's all I really want to do right now. And Razor obviously is not like above this because also it's clearly been a while for him. <laughs> but like he's he says like, but usually if someone called in on my show, like I'd be like, well, I could encourage people to like have more in common and find it. Is know each other ever before we're soon do it. And then there's a bit of a pause. What's your favorite color? Blue. Blue. Mine too. Check please. please. <laughs> that's all. He, that's all he really needs to know. Yeah. And then yeah, come back from the boat show and. Fraser's there and he's really like, oh, hey, mateys. <laughs> and uh, Martin goes, oh, you're great. They had this exhibit where it's similar. It feels, you sit on it and feel like what it's like to be in a boat during a tornado. And then comes Niles all shaking. Like, like, Haggard. 
Like, good lord, Nas, why would you go on a ride like that? I didn't. I ate at the buffet. <laughs> I, I didn't. I dined at the snack yeah, bar. I, sna- I dined at the snack bar. As, a, as if he's been through war. Like, <laughs> you weren't there. You didn't <laughs> see what I saw. And uh, Martin is quick to get a comment on Fraser being home and like, Oh, well, must have been a hard of a day for you. Then all of a oh, sudden... Home at, home at, home at 10.30. Then all of a sudden, Samantha, <laughs> found my bra! And then just uh, to kind of quick double glance towards like the back, <laughs> towards the bedroom by Daphne and Munch, like... <laughs> like, geez, oh, that was quick. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just the way she's like, found my bra! <laughs> and then uh, she immediately comes out and suddenly realises she just yelled out in front of Fraser's family. <laughs> and then she's also a bit awkward, like, oh, hello. And then she goes to shake hands, still holding the bra, and she's like, oh, yeah. She, she quite casually just puts that in her bag. And, yeah, she's like, oh, uh, um, hmm. <laughs> hello. And then she turns in Daphne, oh, a case, if I'm following the case on the news, it's very fascinating. Like, That's for us, too. <laughs> yeah, because I remember Fraser says earlier on, like, like, I thought her name said something, I must have read it somewhere when he finds out who she actually yeah. is. And he said it was a bit you liked here. Oh, well, that was a bit. Oh, this day, what? We found my bra. Oh, that bit. That was a bit. And then, I mean, Avery, and then she casually slips out, and uh, Fraser's, everyone just looks at Fraser. Fraser's like, standing there all, all doughy eyed, like, hmm. He's like, well, I must have had it. And then I was like, oh, no, you don't. <laughs> I can see you, Avery, you're clearly smitten with this woman. Oh, well, I'm not some sort of lovesick teenager. Well, she did say the sweetest things. <laughs> she said, killers usually have no remorse because they have no moral centre. That's cute the way she said it. Like, like I'm not some lovesick teenager, they all look at him. So she did say the cutest thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a thing about serial killers and then they all look at him like... Serial killers usually show no remorse for crimes because they have no moral centre. That's cute the way she said it. <laughs> <laughs> then just casually slips off to his bed and then... I'm assuming I'll do the next day just for argument's sake, but it could be any period yeah, of time yeah. later. Do you think? He, do you think at any point he called her milady? <laughs> <laughs> right. So he's making dinner. Uh, he's making some sauce with her dinner, and he she gets a call saying she has to go into work. Yeah. Goes, oh God, I'm sorry to do this. Oh. Oh, I guess. Let me guess. You want to skip dinner again? Go straight to sex. <laughs> and he he, gives, he has that really hopeful smile of please. Yeah. <laughs> Sex now? Yes. <laughs> and she has to go like, oh, well, you know what they say about fine French cooking? Seem better after a day in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> He's all put out because he uh, gets no sexy and no cooking. It's not as if he can't eat it by himself, especially when the family comes back and she says, yeah. like, oh, we're just coming back for warm bales and like, we're getting out of your hair and all that. But then she's like, oh, no, stay. Like, it would be a shame for the food to go away because she has to rush off. And then Nail's <laughs> just immediately like, he's like a bloodhound, like, hmm. Fraser's moral mushroom and tarian sauce. <laughs> How did you know that? Niles has a keen nose for sauces. Yes, his mother and I were very so proud. proud. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Martin, no, Martin, yeah, another dagger in the heart for Niles. I know, Martin. Like, uh, oh, yes. For Martin. And Martin, like, oh yes, what a useless skill for my son to have. Yeah. Her mother and I, his mother and I were so proud. <laughs> Yay, he can smell sauce. And like, so she leaves and like, says she might be back later, but you are the way she'll call it. Oh, but you said you'd call the other day and you didn't. I thought I was sorry about that. Then. <laughs> I loved Fraser. You said you'd call the other day and you didn't. <laughs> I said I was sorry about that. <laughs> and then this is where we get the main crux of this kind of plot into this particular episode <laughs> where Celie's and then, like, Daphne's like, oh, it's a very shame. You did all that cooking and all that. And like, yeah, and like, I like your really. I feel something very uneasy about this relationship. Doesn't he say something about the cooking as well? No. I don't think so. Like, fine French cuisine fine French cuisine doesn't cook itself. 
I said so, he said something doesn't get yourself. I couldn't remember what it was yeah. called. Like, and uh, Nails is very quick to pay up and go, and, uh, I uh, may have a theory that you may probably hoot at. Uh, I have a theory with which you're sure to hoot. Uh, the deal is that for the first time in your in your life, you were in a relationship where you were in the more submissive role. And a bit of confusion. And I, think, I think what he means is, you're the girl. <laughs> you're the girl. <laughs> <laughs> and like, what were you talking about? Well, think about it. How did you two meet? She came to your rescue. We initiated the first sexual encounter. She, she did. did. And then Martin's like, she did. <laughs> Jesus, who wearing the pants in this relationship? <laughs> like, I don't, first off, I don't know why Martin's particularly bothered about, uh. about that, because... Again, he's the one who claimed sex is between you and the person you're doing it to. So why is it, so what does it matter to him who started it? Because <laughs> he's, he's all man. Also, also, I assume this is one or two days afterwards. Because like, how else would how would Niles know that? Because he just walked in after he and Samantha said mm. how would he? So obviously, I'm assuming at the cafe or one of their regular meets, Fraser must have told him. Yeah. Uh, then, like, I don't get why Fraser is so annoyed about this. And later on. Like, Samantha has a line that I very much agree with, but, like, Fraser mm. is immediately taken back and he's quick to disagree with this theory. <laughs> but, like, why would it bother him either way? Because, ironically, he was dismissive role in his relationship with Lilith, so he should be used to that by now. Mm. Like, I know, and I know that I'll say that that's not a good example because their relationship ended in divorce, but still. Yeah. She was very much the dominating one of the two. Like, or at least she was very much putting him down a lot. And there, was, yeah. there was a lot of arguing. And Fraser, like, I am not the woman. Ding! My God, my rosemary bread. <laughs> <laughs> I am not the woman. Ding. Oh my God, my rosemary bread. He's still got this fucking apron on. penny on. Uh, it's the way he goes. Oh my God, my rosemary bread. And when he's been... I know Daffy's trying to help us. I know how you're feeling and all that. That's probably not what he wants to hear, given that he's been told he's the woman in the relationship and the, woman, the only woman in the house is telling him she knows how he feels. That's really just adding on to the idea that yeah. he is the woman. Yeah. And like, we wouldn't have been putting up for years. Get a few dinners, some flowers, and then they don't they say they'll call, but you don't. But then you get the occasional booty call. I did not get a booty call. What's a booty call? It's a, it's a late night invitation to me, but with the sole goal of having sex. Oh my god, I did get a booty call. <laughs> and then Martin goes, You know, Fraser, if you ask me, you should just nip us in the bud before we get out of hand. I mean, I don't think we need to look past our own family. Someone who let the woman dominate from the off and <laughs> is still paying the price for it. And basically, he's looking over yeah. at Niles. There's not even he doesn't even realize he's being brought into the conversation. Yeah. And Niles just looking with poor Uncle Frank. <laughs> it's a, well, I think I think he knew. Yeah, but like although Martin's using his, Niles as an example of a woman dominating the relationship, <laughs> <laughs> and like so you can see why he doesn't want Fraser to end up like that but like as I said again Fraser's already been through that with bloody Lilith yeah and like I don't see why Fraser would be bothered or he'd even care about roles the man man woman role in a relationship mm. uh, and like you, you two will take anything to take to twist it into your to suit your weird theory <laughs> and he opens the door and Sam's there with flowers I saw a vendor selling downstairs I thought he'd cheer you up oh these lovely sorry I gotta go now and then they all look at him. Oh, I suppose you're going to read something into this, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's the way when he gets the flowers, though, and he, just before he says that, he turns around from the door, kind of smelling them, going, <laughs> oh, flowers. And then he's like, oh, fuck you. Oh, and then shut this. up. <laughs> I don't think Niles is trying to be an arsehole when he brings up the, the 3D. 
and that he's just like he's a psychiatrist too, and he he can see it, and he yeah. knows that something struggling in Fraser, so he's but it's a theory that might explain why. Whereas it's weird to him, you've seen the old how old fashioned Martin is. He kind of doesn't like the idea of his son being kind of told what to do by the woman he's going yeah. out with, and also by his, his advice to like break up with her. Mm. And then again, like as if he wasn't told what to do by their mother. Yeah. So, so kind of hypocritical on his part. But then we get to some party that that Sam's going to with all the people she works with, and then she goes, "I like that tower. Oh, thank you. You should. You should. You sent it to me." Oh yeah, I did. You're at your assistant picking that, don't you? Yes. <laughs> but only has, he has better taste than I do. <laughs> and then uh, she's gonna have to go off. She has to talk on a conference call with uh, some of her work colleagues. And Fraser's left with the wives. Yes, the uh, the women swarm on him. Yeah. Because they look at her eyes and suddenly just around like you're new. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the way they do that. You're new. <laughs> and then the interview is like, oh, this is so and so's way. So she's engaged to this person. Yeah. And basically this is, again, meant to hammer home the fact that he is the woman. And like, oh, you're dang Sam. Oh yeah, but we haven't really spent a lot of time here, but she, she's assuring that it will end once the trial... Trials are in the or- they all in unison. They all say it and they both just laugh, like, oh, we've we've been here before, you sweet innocent thing. Yeah, like, when the trial is over, yeah. Like, oh, like, there'll always be another trail there, there'll always be a dinner that's sad to like, be cancelled well, at least you'll get plenty of flowers. Oh, oh, come on. He's a man. He won't get flowers. And they all laugh and be like, oh, yeah, well. And then he, has to, he quickly excuses himself because he wants to talk to Sam. Mm. And he, he tries and feels horribly to really fully express how he feels. Yeah, here. but he, he does He does seem very... Um, he does seem very... Um, not himself in this scene. That's, yeah. I was thinking of the best way to put it. Very not himself. Like, uh, and he talked about it and he mentioned like, the flowers and that, and then I like, Is that what you dragged me out here for? I'm in the law, and the biggest case is my entire career, and you're dragging me out here talking about flowers? Oh, I'm just out here trying to tell you how I'm feeling. Now you're yelling at me. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, and then she points out, and like, My God, you're a psychiatrist. You should be above this. Yeah. And it's true, because, like, one of my issues with this episode is. If somebody called in to Frasier's show, and you can see this about a couple of different situations. Yeah. Where if somebody called in to Frasier's show and basically says, oh, I feel like the woman I'm going out with, she keeps cancelling on me, giving me a, oh, I, I don't like feeling like I'm the woman in this relationship. And yeah. like, Frasier would probably like tell a guy that he's being ridiculous and that he should like like be more supportive of the woman he's going out with because mm. of her career and all that. And he shouldn't like think... <laughs> thinking purely like old fashioned like gender roles and all that because mm. yeah. like remember we had that Marco on and the guy said oh he's just probably dating her until someone better came along Fraser rightfully chewed the guy a new one on the uh, show uh, did, and if a guy did. called him with the same issues that Fraser's going to he would probably give him the same attitude so now you see Fraser going through it as Sam said he should be above this kind of thing yeah, he, never, he never seems to follow his own advice yeah, no. you know that's his major flaw mm-hmm. but Eventually, he's like, I just, I, I wish, well, and basically she's like, would it be okay if you were the one cancelling dinner, sending gifts and all that? And like, he's like, no, it's like, I know it's not, like, it's not what I want. And like, what do you want? I don't know. I guess I'd rather there was a relationship where neither of us was the man. So what, we'd be a lesbian couple? Well, they're very in now. <laughs> and they both kind of share a chuckle and all that. And like, she gets what, she's, what he's saying. Yeah. She's going to try and like, make more time for them to be like, actually together and 
because like she can, she knows obviously like she wouldn't like to be like in his position. Like no one likes getting stood up. Yeah, it's so we 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 make up and everything's nice, and then she's like, oh well, I did get you something, but look from what you're saying, I'm... like obviously silly me, I went out and bought something without thinking I'll, I'll return it, and like, oh well, he's what? like, oh what'd you, what'd you get me, and like she ends up getting this very expensive watch so he's like oh well you know if you're like the kind of person that likes to like, no 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 I'll, I'll take it you he, know he's basically like he's made this point about not wanting to just be bought off and like once that's been taken with then she sees the skip well and then you see him like as she's turned around she's done he's casually just putting this watch <laughs> on like if you're the kind of person that wants to uh, express yourself with uh, who am I to gifts, disagree so, with you yes who am I and she's like the only reason I, I express myself through gifts is I never think of the right thing is to really see how I feel I think uh, this is what you mean and he kisses her and she goes very well said <laughs> and he goes I'll get her she says I'll get her coats like no I will get her coats you don't know where they are you're right okay you, you get your coats <laughs> okay you get them and then he, go, he, he goes back out to the women <laughs> and, and he just he just goes out and he's like look what Sam just got me like yeah one of the ways like I'm bored I don't have the time hmm the time well, let's just see, and they all kind of like, yeah, ooh. Well, he's like, Sam got me it. Sam just gave it to me. <laughs> <laughs> he, suddenly not, he suddenly doesn't feel so uncomfortable being the the woman now. Like, no, he's oh, like, look, look at my pretty like, watch. Ooh, look at what I just got. <laughs> my my girlfriend got me that. Mm-hmm. I know I didn't get flowers, but I got this lovely watch. <laughs> you didn't get a watch. <laughs> but, uh, and then, we really didn't need this. Credit scene. Go on. It was just Roz randomly just sitting, laughing and then crying and then looking at herself in the mirror, then laughing again. It's like, it's like, oh, by the way, Roz is pregnant. She's got mid swings. <laughs> you thought it was just pretty random. Yeah, because like, surely you could have something to do with what Fraser, Fraser and Sam like. Maybe. Well, random in the fact that Roz was only mentioned pretty much at the start of the show. Yeah, because like, obviously, up at the start feels like. You'd think that Rose would appear once, once more in the episode, because like she has that scene with Fraser and with you, I think it's like well, I think it's a case of we need Fraser to have a reason to have a purse to then be defended by Sam. <laughs> like let's just say you got it for Rose, so you can have feature Rose in like oh yeah we need to remind people she's pregnant so mid swings yeah and then like we forgot something for the end credit scene here's Rose again yeah remember she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just like, like every time you see Ross. Well, by the way, Ross has to be midi now because she's pregnant. Yeah. Uh, so it feels random. Just to, it feels like Ross is kind of wasted in this episode. Yeah. Well, it's not. I don't mean to say it in a bad way, but it's not like she's really necessary in this episode. Well, she's necessary in the fact that it's a, she's the reason Fraser buys the gift that makes them have to. Re- they have to then return, which yeah. causes them to meet Sam. But I don't. So, so if Ross wasn't wasn't didn't reject the gift, he wouldn't have to, went to the shop to then meet Sam. That's true, I suppose. So she is vital in that sense, but like you could, you, you could tell that if he would say buying it for Daphne and she didn't want it, yeah. it, would easily, it would easily swap around and it would still follow the same plot line of the episode. True, true. But other than that, I don't mean to immediately shit on like that, but the episode's just, it's just that one we like, an otherwise strong episode, it's that one we niggling bit that often annoys me. <laughs> but other than that, Paul, for my fair Fraser. What is your your rating for the episode? That is my rating. Middling to up? No. Up. Oh, sorry. Sorry, you were you were <laughs> sorry, your your arm was at a weird angle. Like oh, sorry. Middling. Up. Up. I I give it a thumbs up. I I would also give it a, a thumbs up. Other than that that bit I said was it's a small nitpick. Yeah. And an otherwise solid episode. 
Not not enough to give it anything but a solid thumbs up. Yeah. So then we go into episode eight, which is uh, called "Desperately Seeking Closure," <laughs> <laughs> and I really enjoy the opening to this episode because uh, it's got it's, I think it's some weeks later, so Fraser and Sam are still going out. Yeah. And we learned that when we first see Fraser. But we open in Cafe Nervosa and it's just Niles, he's in the queue uh, in the cafe and uh, they're doing this new system where someone makes an order and the guy at the counter shoots it <laughs> to somebody and they shoot it to the other barista and all that and basically to keep the order slow and like, this person, da 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 <laughs> And then uh, I was like, I like this new system. And he asks for a double shot, low fat, no foam latte. And uh, they, Nick cuts through and he goes, double shot, double shot, low fat, no foam latte. And that gets changed to, double shot, non fat, low foam latte. <laughs> Like no, no, I think there's there's a confusion. So you, you said, you said no, non-fat low foam, non-fat low foam. <laughs> like no, no, you're getting it wrong. And like, why don't you tell her? And then he, he moves over to the next person. Like, sorry, it's double shot, no foam, low fat la, double shot, no foam, low fat la. <laughs> and he shoot the guy over the coffee machine suits about. Not Meg, not Meg, not Meg. No, it flames my stomach lining. Flames his stomach lining. Stop that. All things are flames his stomach lining. Flames his stomach lining. Stop that. Although Nails gets failed when he first goes up and he's looking to him like, stop it. Although he's just getting in the cube, he pops his head out when he hears the flames his stomach lining. Oh, Nails. <laughs> he's wearing this big ski jacket. Yeah, a big sort of fucking puffer coat. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, like, uh, I had the most exciting weekend with Sam up in the. Uh, up in the mountains, we uh, they were up in Aspen. Like, yeah. oh, you got a helicopter to the mountains every every morning before going skiing. God, I didn't want it to end. It's just explain why you're wearing that giant ski jacket in this overheated cafe. <laughs> oh, we all wear them at Aspen. Oh, it was one night. Jack Nicholson and Tom Berger, or whatever. Tom Brokaw. No, Tom Brokaw. Realized they were wearing the same shirt, so they staged this mock fight, and someone dived in, <laughs> dived into referee. Uh, I was laughing so much, I nearly spilled my latte over something, and poof, that day. <laughs> and then uh, the witch comes away, and I was covered. Anything else? It's just a dustpan and broom to people some of these names. Readers look at them like, oh, like, aren't you jealous? And I'm like, oh, do we have plans tonight? Like, and I was like, yes, why? Like, it's like, oh, God, what's he got that's more important? Like, like, oh, like, oh, I want to take Sam out to, to dinner. Sorry. Like, or one month anniversary. Like, yeah. I understand. One month is a big milestone. Oh, I've changed my I must change my water filter. <laughs> and uh, he looks at him like, oh god, they put a nutmeg in this, and he starts like scooping out. Like, oh, speaking of Meg, Meg Ryan told this hilarious prank. God, my stomach lining is just not going to get a break today. He tells this hilarious story about this prank that Tony Tony Hawkins played on Jody the, the na- lambs at the lambs rep party. <laughs> He's like, my stomach lining is not, not going to get a break today, is it? <laughs> <laughs> He's even just scooping big bits of foam and nutmeg in them out of the. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he asked for a low foam. And yet, there's clearly a lot of foam there, so they fucked up that yeah. order. <laughs> so yeah, I, I like that opening because like Fraser talks about not wanting to be the woman or the relationship, and seems intimidated by, uh, by Sam. But at first by, when he meets her, but by this when, point, he's fully wed. He's fully in that role. Yeah, he's like he doesn't care if anyone. He, he, he has his arms all faded, like someone named Puff did it. <laughs> very, very feminine. And, like, he doesn't care about... He's not telling me, he's like, oh, I get to hang with these people and these people. Mm. And just the content that Nell's, like, doesn't... Because he knows that Fraser just, just wants to brag about it. Mm. And he's just, like, he goes, just a dustpan and broom to see about some of these names. <laughs> All, also is that it's funny to us, like, hearing him say that, because also we've heard what Fraser said. Mm. How confused must that waitress be when she randomly goes up and he asks for a dustpan and broom? Because <laughs> <laughs> she's not heard the conversation. She's not been privy to what... 
Fraser's been up to. Mm. So uh, we got to the restaurant. Free, uh, Sam and Fraser were at there at the same restaurant they were at when they went to the date when the they, before. When they ended up having sex. Yes, and uh, it's also the same restaurant where uh, that model that Fraser was going out with then had to disappear and they walked in on Fraser eating by himself. Mm. No one's ever bought me caviar and I'm real. <laughs> and he, so he's like, Fraser just started rambling on and, like, and Sam's clearly uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, ah, oh, it's a taste of Moroccan. We had, it was on, a, on spe- the special the night we met. But uh, I said that wasn't what you were, what you were that wasn't what you wanted that night. <laughs> you were hoping angling more for the taste of crate. <laughs> like that and like, it's just nice to know I'm on solid ground, you know. Fraser, I'm on, standing on quicksand, aren't I? <laughs> Like, I'm sorry, it's like, and she tried to like, like, it's not you, it's me and all that. And so, he's, like, like, he's like, oh, what happened? Like, we were going like, so well. Fine, just my feelings have changed, you know. Things just run their course. Which is a, Which is a weird thing to say after a month. Yeah. Except feelings change and things run their course, like, what, in a month? Mm. And like, maybe sometimes they do, but like, Fraser's hey. kind of sad. When I was younger, I had a girl kind of fall for me at the bottom of the street. We walked up the street, and mm. by the time we got to the top of the street, she'd fallen out of interest with me. Well, so if, if, beat that one. Well, it's clear what happened. You clearly spoke to her, and she realised that is, that's what she lost her interest. That is so cruel. <laughs> I've heard you speak to people. You're not immediately likable to most people. Yeah, yeah. I like you, but you have people... to get to know me first. Well, she, it was hard for her to get to, get to know you after what um a walk up the road. Uh, I don't think that's enough time. And that's I'm, I'm a likeable chap, as long as you don't engage me on any grand subjects. Did she engage you on any grand subjects? No, I was pissed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway. I was in no condition for grand subjects. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so she wakes up my belly saying she wants to still be friends. Which I, which I think is just another knife right in there, like, oh... I don't want to go out with more, but we can still be pals. Breaking up with you. Friend-zoned. I know. You're fucked. Like, uh, the comedian Ron Funches, who's apparently also a big wrestling fan, there was a show called Undateable. Yeah. Not to be confused with that show on Channel 4, the Undateable is a completely yeah, we different, don't, we don't need completely different show. Like, Undateable is a completely different show. It's a sitcom. <coughs> and uh, like, the, the, the Emmy's pal on one of them goes, the worst thing a woman can say to me is no. And he goes, actually, the worst thing a woman can say is I just want to be friends. Like, <laughs> bitch, I got friends. <laughs> so we, so we, oh yes, we, it's no reason we can't be friends. And then uh, the, we, we are Benji's first course. So we're like, so how many courses are, are there to go? Six, sir. Could you mean those all at once? <laughs> <laughs> and so we got to the next day, Daphne and Barton are sitting having breakfast. And uh, they oh, God, look at this. Marty Crane, dead. Wow. Not much coffee after that. <laughs> 58 years old. War vet. What a novel. Survived by his wife, Dorothy, a former Miss Miss something beauty pageant yes. winner. His, one of his sons is a Marine Corps vet. The other one plays baseball. Right. Well, never, no better way to start in the morning than being jealous of a dead guy. Yeah. <laughs> really, go surprised by his wife. Like, yeah, I know your wife said, but from the way you talked about it, Esther was apparently an attractive woman. And... Because uh, we no, see, because we see all the things I've. But like, but like then, because we see what a woman who apparently clean, they claim looks like her. So she looks like the one that they get to play the woman that they see. Yeah. There. And she's clearly an attractive woman. And like, Nails and Fraser, like, Fraser's a local celebrity. 
and both he and Niles are both respected in their fields. Yeah, so, but yeah. When neither one of them are marine colonels or baseball stars. Mm-hmm. So it just goes to show, like, even though he's happy with what they do, like, it shows again the difference of things that Martin's interested in. Yeah. And, like, I think one year when Timmy says, I still say a couple of years in the service could have done you boys a world of good. <laughs> <laughs> like, no oh, better way to start your day than to be jealous of a dead guy. <laughs> and then comes Fraser, he's, he's been out, he's getting these pastries there, and he goes, Oh, ah, you'll be feel better. You'll feel better, Dr. Graham, you see these photos from your ski trip got developed. I must say, that salmon yours is quite a catch. And we I'll, broke up the other day. Coffee, anyone? <laughs> and I, I, I put this bit, uh, in my notes. Daphne keeps putting her foot in it. Yeah. Because she does this. And, like, and uh, like you know, she said her feelings changed. And Fraser obviously, as he's wanted to do, like, can't. It's not enough of, any, of a reason for him. Like, he needs a definitive, like, answer to why yeah. it ended. And, uh, like, you know, maybe she, maybe her readings did change, you know. If a woman really is trying to spare you, to give you a halt, it's not you, it's me, Spiel. That's exactly what she said to me. Waffles, anyone? <laughs> she goes to sit back down. That's exactly what she said. Waffles, anyone? <laughs> and then Fraser's like, sometimes, Martin says to Fraser, he gives him some really decent advice here, like, like, you know, you're always looking for an answer when sometimes really there isn't one. Which is true. Yeah, just deal with it. And I think that's the thing with Fraser and Nelson, that they are men, highly educated, obviously, the main reason to be, they are psychiatrists, so they think they can use their degrees and all that to figure stuff out using facts and all that. Mm. But sometimes you can't just eventually say, this is why things happen. But more if not, Fraser and more so than Nels can't accept that things can be so easily explained. And yeah. that's usually what drives them mental. <coughs> like maybe we should call her like no don't ask do not go and see her like, yeah get um you can either go and you can either go and see her and make things worse or you can get on with your life and it gives them some very good advice about moving on mm. like you're right dad well uh, very eloquent way thank you it's very very helpful advice well i've been around the block a few times so when are you gonna go see her after my waffles <laughs> this is the best times they're both reading their papers so when are you gonna go see her after my waffles <laughs> and this, this is just so creepy on Fraser's yeah, part. It's creepy, but it's kind of sad too. You're like, come on. Yeah, man. it's a weird blend of both. Where Fraser's sitting on the steps outside, I'm assuming a courthouse. Mm. I like, and Sam walks in. Sam, what a coincidence. You, you found my thinking spot. <laughs> it's a very busy doorway to have a thinking spot. Oh, you're a fucking idiot. Sorry, you dropped the phone. Well, sorry. It's a very weird area to have a thinking spot, a very public doorway to a, to yeah. a courthouse. So that's their first red flag. And like they're, they're doing a kind of walk and talk. And like, my god, you are walking very fast. So he's going to do up, break into a light jog to catch up with her and yeah. talking about it. I am really enjoying this whole us being friends thing, but I still have a few unanswered questions. Fraser, I just saw you last night. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's trying to ask you about it. And I, I'm trying to figure out where is this being filmed? Because, like, they said that. Uh, the Thousand Show is the only one that's actually shot in Seattle. Yeah. So, like, scenes like this. Like, is it, to me, I think it just looked like New York. Oh, it very well could have been. This looked like kind of a weird suburby bit of New York. Cause I've, I've seen scenes, streets that look like the street that this is in, that'll, and shows that are set in New York. Cause, like, you also had that scene with uh, the newsstand, which looked very New York-like as well. Mm. It's weird, they have all these places where they could do street stuff, and yet the only ones chose to actually do it in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> then again, I think the Free Queen Day thing kind of made sense yeah. to do it there. Like, I wish we had never went back to Seattle after that to like do filming. Uh, so, basically, so, like there is no like 
Lorraine's like, my feelings just changed. Like, that's all there really is to say. They just drop it, and she walks off. Yeah. And Fraser's left there, quite, quite sad. Standing there, and then some, he bumps Bump into some guy, and he's like, he's like, what the hell's wrong with you? That's just it. I don't, I don't know. know. And then we cut back to the apartment. Daphne, Niles, and Martin are all there. And uh, Niles is waiting for Fraser because they've got reservations at something called the uh, Bravetta. Yeah. Like, where is he? He knows we have reservations. If you're late, they'll give away your table and make you sit in the kitchen with their owner's mother. <laughs> and Martin, Martin's like, we're now like, what the hell's that remote? You should have a sensor on this, you know? Like, you should get within 20 feet of the TV, you know? Beeps, sir. Beeps, sir. You get one of the cut smoke out of it for a deaf person. And yeah, and he's, wanders up he's missing it. Mr. Crane, you have to go out more. <laughs> like, and then, Richard comes like, oh, Niles, how oh, good to see you. Exactly what Mom and Brevetta will say when we arrive when we arrive for, late for our reservation. Oh God, that was tonight. Like and he got a bit like he's went out for a walk trying to think about his relationship with Sally. And Niles is saying you're obsessing. I am not obsessing. That is obsessing <laughs> as Martin sits down with a big long stick mm-hmm. to try and change the channel on their TV. Like, maybe if I stick ten chopsticks together and put a rubber tip at the end. <laughs> and then uh, Roz comes over because she's apparently going out with Daphne they're going to see a movie like mm. oh Roz I'm going to ask you a question uh, no Rachel I don't know why Sam broke up with you nor did nor did Gil or Bulldog or Miss Judy the, new, the story lady mm. I don't no, know. No, or, or Miss Judy from Arts and Crafts well not her staff Miss Judy has some great good ideas <laughs> and then Fraser basically he, 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 his solution is to be like asking everyone what, like, what is it about me that is particularly so unlikable so he says what is it about me is particularly unlovable and Ensel everyone's like no not engaging in this because right. they don't believe well, Fraser can yeah, like, come on really people please for the, for the sake of my future relationships please and like you get Fraser's like you know pompous pretentious yeah, like, and he's like oh, Martin's like well let's start with what you're doing now you're over when there's we're looking for answer when the surely Sam, isn't one. Sam told you there was no nothing to to look at to look at to th- look into. It was just that's just like there wasn't no concrete answer. But you're still looking for one. Okay, over analytical, pretentious. Like you do ramble on, ramble on with the callers. And then Martin goes pretentious. We already had that one. Underline it. <laughs> Bossy, sarcastic, vain. Oh yeah, it's in the old view. And then it gets to, it gets a bit too much for Fraser. Like, oh, I'm glad we all find out TV we can enjoy together. <laughs> like, oh, I like you giving me <laughs> to Chris until it starts to hurt my feelings. Mm. And this is exactly why they didn't want you to do it. Like, come on, Fraser, you're not doing this for yourself. You just want us to know what, tell you what you can fix so you can win Sam back. Would it be so bad? I mean, she's quite a catch. Why wouldn't I want to wear back? Fraser, like, there isn't anything you shouldn't try and change yourself to be with her. Like, but, like I've been down this road so many times. It's called the Roz Expressway. And <laughs> Nails, he's like, <laughs> He has to get at least one rose digging <laughs> per episode when they're in a uh, scene together. Mm. Like I've heard it, I heard that expression, but for a different, for a different context. <laughs> and he just wanders off, thinking like so proud of himself. <laughs> and then like, whatever you do, don't think about it, and whatever you do, don't call. Well, I don't see what nothing what's so- hurts with keeping the lines of communication open. Oh God, you called. Well, I had to. She wouldn't answer any of my pages. <laughs> I did leave a few messages on her machine. Let me see what you think. See if I sound this well. Like, you, you, you have her access code? Of course. I help her set up. It's my birthday. What's so easy about May 7th? I wouldn't know, Dad. My birthday's in March. <laughs> I did see a thing on IMDb kind of, like, picking up occasionally they'll have things like, oh, continuity yeah, errors yeah, yeah. and shows like, uh, Frieza, my, I wouldn't know, Dad. My birthday's in March. When, uh, apparently, uh, when they, in the previous season when they read it, April 14th. Yeah. Like, wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> the rats, she said, 
in April <coughs> that she will give, soon give birth to her first child. Mm. So that's in April when he's birthed maybe in March. But again, again, I don't think they were really thinking about that yeah, at the time. You're, you're reading into that. I'm not reading it, I'm just pointing out that people have, that other people have pointed it out. Okay, you're pointing that out. I am. Anyway, so like, he, he has the access code and he listens to it. Let's see if I see if I sound desperate, but before his messages, and I message someone telling uh, Sam about a meeting with the judge has been rearranged, and I'm like, and now she's like, I didn't get desperate, I got feminine though. <laughs> so shut up, my Hi, Seb. I say, call me back, I'll be at the office. And uh, oh, you just give me a call back. Hmm, didn't sound desperate at all. All right, Sam, I might say, I'll be at the office. I'm at the office now. Maybe a whiff of desperation. Instead of the coffee machine, thought I miss you, and then goes there a few more calls and like, a few more messages like, how quickly a whiff becomes stench. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like nails is bit the best one in this scene. Mm. Like the other, I got thin in and the hmm. How quickly a whiff becomes a stench. Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got to delete them. Like no, you can't delete all the messages. What about the one with the judge? Oh, that's right. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Oh no, Mayor could leave her a message saying that saying that I accidentally deleted all her message. One of her messages when I was deleting my messages I left earlier using her secret access code. I guess that's bad, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> and then they all say, like, well, I hate to be unsupportive, but I'm going to go watch the game. And, like, we're going to be late for the movie. And, like, you'll be fine, Fraser. And then they start listing, like, positive attributes about him. But Daphne's moved out of the room, so she doesn't know that. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, you're strong, resilient, optimistic. Conceited. Different list, Daphne. Oh. <laughs> I love how she then doesn't try to offer a positive thing. No. She just, like, she oh, just well. waters off with, with Roz. And, like, Fraser's looking at the photos. Look at this. Only three days ago. We were so happy. Now I'll never see her again. Surely you'll run into Sam every now and then. Oh no, I was talking about me and Lindsay's... Lindsay, I can't remember her surname, but apparently we see her later on. Apparently she was a big, she was an important reporter on 60 Minutes back in the day, which is apparently a big thing in America. It is. It is. Huge thing. Huge thing. They love their news. <laughs> but then uh, Nails kind of comes to what might actually be the issue. Yeah, like, I was looking in. I noticed there's not too many pictures of you and Sam here. Oh, you know, and like so it's about all the uh, different people that he's met and the famous people they were talking to, and like he basically points out like maybe it's not Sam that you miss; it's the Leaf deal. Like, mm. but you're saying like that time you, she got you in that secret room and Lucy got her alone, when uh, when we that we didn't even know about. Like, are you saying I'm just with Sam with her connections? Like, well, you've always wanted. To run with the cool kids. Remember your one day with the football team? <laughs> <laughs> and so basically pointing out like like you were first intimidated by something, then you got used to the lifestyle she runs in yeah. you got like, bought expensive things and all that and like like it wasn't the fact that she broke up with you. It was the fact that you got that lifestyle to go away from you. Yeah, you were enjoying you were having fun and then that all got taken away from you. Yeah. And we realised like, like he asked him like, Did you actually love her? They're like, Well, because maybe not once say love, like, but you could see yourself on well, maybe some point down the line, possibly. Well, no wonder you're heartbroken. You've lost the only one you could possibly, maybe, some point down the line, possibly fall in love with. Don't know why the country music people haven't jumped all over this. <laughs> and then he really like the case of like he didn't, not that he didn't like Sammy did, but like the fact that it ended so abruptly, just mm. as he was living this lifestyle, and realised well, maybe it was that I enjoyed. And the fact that it happened so suddenly and she didn't give me an actual reason for it. Mm. It was really it was just the uncertainty about it. And then again, the lifestyle. And not a case of, like, this woman that I love is just is gone now. Mm. It was less about her than about the other things. Then Fraser kind of feels better now that he kind of, they've kind of worked it out. And maybe it realized maybe it's for the best that we do. 
that we didn't that we did break up because like maybe one for connections he probably would have ended it himself. <laughs> and uh, it was, he feels better. Like let's go to dinner now. Like let's stop off on the way. Like I know you know where she's having dinner, and uh, you can explain to her about the messages. Like if we're, oh, how can I ever repay you now? You can get me into that room. It looks like oh, is it behind the cigarette machine? No, oh. that's a decoy. You have to go through the dry cleaner next door. Oh. oh. <laughs> and then he sees Sam at the restaurant and like he tries to explain to her. I got your messages. Oh God, you heard them. Yeah, this morning, and then she mistakes it. Like she claims that the, she actually reveals that the reason she broke up with him was she was kind of scared at how fast it ruined. She, like she liked him, but it scared her a little bit. So, yeah. but then I heard those messages, and like Claire, you feel the same. Feel the same way, and like how funny it is that both us kind of falling in love so fast. She should be laughing, and then Richard kind of feels uncomfortable. And now that he's just gotten over. Her. He finally she revealed how she feels like yeah like he realizes now he's gonna be the one to do the dumping. I feel bad for Sam in this. Yeah, thing. it was it was really sucked. Yeah, it's like you wonder like why couldn't this conversation came before like Niles pointed out the whole thing with the celebrities. Yeah, but then again like eventually Fraser would have worked this out by himself and, and it probably would it. it was I think it was just a much as we like Sam this is a relationship that was wasn't meant to last. No, and Fraser kind of explains he's like eh. Like he just explains to her what's going on. Like I come to realize this. Like, what's your only going on because of the circles I run in? Well, it's not that I wasn't fond of you. Oh, fond of me. Like, and you feel sorry for her. And then that Lindsay woman comes like, "Oh, Lindsay, hi. We met this weekend. What kind of sick bastard are you?" <laughs> I'm sorry. And he, he awkwardly like leaves. Yeah. And then during the credits, uh, Daphne finds the remote, and Martin's seen using this piece of stick to kind of change the channel. So Daphne's banging him, she's kind of fucking with him, where she's using the remote, and he's having to get the stick again, and she fucks with the, the TV. So that makes more sense. It's like I'm using her, more amusing one than uh, the one we had the previous episode. Yeah. So, uh, do you possess those two in Clue? It's very, uh, it's very much along the same lines as the Ask Me No Questions one, where there's something that Fraser is uncertain about and he needs a different answer to. Yeah. And he troubles himself the entire episode about it. True. Again, one that he probably would have. You got to think he should like if somebody went in and phoned uh, and it had his show and said like, "Oh, I, had a, I was with this woman for a month. It was a great month, and suddenly she ends it, saying her feelings have changed. Like, but she never gave me a definitive reason as to why they changed. Mm. And Fraser, like Fraser, should have thought, well, "What advice he would give to somebody and applied that to himself." That yeah. But like you're saying, never he never does follow his own advice. He's a very, it's a, one of the major flaws in his character. It is, it is very much so. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of again, like you said, I feel bad for Sam. I feel bad for Sam because I mean, to, I think it's more of a it's more of a thing. Mm. If you think about heart, the aspect of Sam in this episode, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and over the previous one, right? She. For what the job she had, you know, like a high-priced lawyer, famous lawyer. Yeah. She put as much effort into the relationship as she possibly could. Uh She got scared, broke up with him. She got scared because she cared for him, Mm -hmm. right? And then, in his own flawed way, he pursues her, pursues her, pursues her, Mm -hmm. only to break her heart. Yeah. You know, it... It doesn't make Fraser come off very going in this episode. Yeah, because we look at it from Sam's perspective, like it's kind of a fear commitment kind of thing. Where the fact that it was getting, it seemingly like was getting so serious so quickly, scared her. Yeah. So she left, and then well, to Fraser, she was simply a pawn for him to live in, re- to mix in the circles he felt he was due. Well, it's not the case of like he does about what is about me. You find him lovable to like the family, and uh, 
it wasn't a case of that he was unlovable. It's the fact that she did love him, but the fact that she loved him after only knowing him for a month scared her. Yeah. And she was kind of... So in that case, you can see why, but then just as she realises that maybe it's okay to feel the way she was feeling, we just kind of realise what it was he actually liked about her and it wasn't necessarily her. Yeah, it was... So from her perspective, like, maybe she maybe it was probably better for her that she wasn't associated with Frasier. And... Yeah. Because you, you, you feel a wee bit annoyed at Frasier by the end of it. You like, you were just with her for it's such, it's such people. Because it's such a weird turnaround from one episode to the next because like, Frasier's talking about, she said the cutest things and all that. And act like he's already fallen in love with her after he just meets her. Yeah. But then... And then he said he probably he wouldn't describe it how he felt with her about her as love, and then you realize it's probably because she had sex with you so quickly and knew a lot <laughs> of famous people. Yeah, because she does try to tell him like they were going. She does invite him to come to Sir Alec Guinness's house. Yeah, and then before she talks to him, well, he's like, "Stop! Like, Stop. I, can't, I can't let you do this because like it has to end and all that." Because I was only with you for your connections and all that. Yeah. Mhm. But but uh, we kind of in the Fraser Fraser's character here. And how this affects them, but I'm interested to see how that will affect your rating for this episode. Well, I still give it a, I still give it a thumbs up. It's a good episode, slightly middling thumbs up. I'd give it a middling to up as well. You know, because I mean, I don't enjoy it as much as I enjoy the first, the technical first part of it. Yeah. You know, I love the build up. I love the way it ends in the first one. It's quite fun. In this one, you're kind of, you know, you're good. You're happy that Fraser finally realised what a tit he's being. Yeah. But also you feel bad because in that realisation he's been a cunt to Sam. But like, you know. Because like, it's a middle end up because like, some of the, cause some of the flaws in Fraser's character are preventing from going to full thumbs up. Mm. But it's strong enough because like, purely Niles for as little he's in it, whenever he's out, it's in screen he has, like, always has these one-liners that he's throwing out. Yeah, yeah. And I, would, I really would have liked if they had like one or two episodes between this and the last one. Yeah, give the Fraser relationship more time to really develop. More time to develop. Because mm. it's a big jump between these two episodes. Yeah, is it, I mean that is something Fraser is guilty of a lot of the time, and I mean the program, not the character. It's you know you get these storylines. I mean a particular example also is in later seasons with Roz and Roger. Uh huh. You know that could have been given more time. Mm-hmm. The whole Daphne and Joe thing. A lot of the personal relationships in the uh-huh. in the show are not overly fr- fleshed out, you know, where we might want to see a little bit more character re- development, a little bit more character screen time. Uh-huh. Don't always get it, but like, it doesn't overall diminish the show, uh-huh. you know. The issue with certain episodes is like, free, it's like, yeah, characters can be flawed or that, but as long as they learn something from the mistakes. Yeah. But I don't think Frasier really does learn anything. I don't think so. Because like, Frasier meets a woman and he was annoyed because, like, oh, why did you, why did you suddenly just dump me? Like, why am I so unlovable? And, like, thinks about himself. But as he only like, for a second thinks about how, what she might have been going through. Shush. Fucking I mean, noise outside. Like, he doesn't think about what she might be going through at any point. And then when he finally hears how she's feeling, like, he's already like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I realised I didn't actually love you. Yeah. And then, like, he, he, as soon as, like, he wants to break off because he thinks it's the kind of thing to do. Fair enough. And then suddenly sees a celebrity again, like starts talking to her, and like, like you're immediately falling back into the flaws that you said was there. You realized that you had, like, I'm sorry, like it's something I need to work on, but like, you don't really believe yeah, that like, he ever will really work on. No. And again, like they talk about him being vain, and I know that upset him, but he really is quite vain. It really sure. is. His social, his social life and his social standing is like an addiction to him. Because like, yeah, because like, Miles talks about, oh, you've always wanted to run with the cool kids, but like. 
you as you could see that bit nails as well because they only want to be in the exclusive clubs. They want to be mixing up with like really important people out there when they have these parties and all yeah. that. That's partly why like they keep implying that Nails only married marries for the money and the influence and all that. So you can see that Nails was in a similar has been guilty of a similar position because like a bit all like we we don't think we're better than other people like and yet when uh, Nails can't afford the light for a while after he leaves Nick Manus can't afford the lifestyle before you can see just how truly snobby he he was and saying how flawed he was as yeah. even that he can't like living in a regular house to him is slumming it to him. <laughs> He has to live in the uh, the Shangri-La. That was a great place, man. <laughs> I would have lived there. I know you would have. Did you see the bed came out of the wall? I know. That was cool. <laughs> I would love that, man. <laughs> anyway. that, that would be so kick-ass. But we'll, we'll move on, because we rambled on for ages about wrestling, and then we've been here for, uh, what, an hour? <laughs> it's like, you want to see my new bed? Let me open the door. Yeah, we've been here over an hour talking about Frasier and I think we're talk- talking about shite and wrestling for an hour yep. before then so I think people have heard, had enough of us for this week I think so, I we, think we, we, should, we have bored them enough We should take our leave, we should slip out into the night through the bit through the secret exit of Lucy Galvalon Ah, so is it your round then? <laughs> you, we don't want a place with a lot of fancy desserts and expensive wine It's your turn to pay, isn't it? <laughs> you know me so well so two decent episodes of Frasier. We've got a Christmas special coming up, which I think Ooh. is actually the second best Christmas special after Frasier Grinch, I believe. Is this one that I perspective on Christmas. And then I believe the episode, uh, I remembered it, after that is the one that, where every bloke knows your name, where right. Frasier discovers the British pub. And I, I like that episode. I don't, <sighs> I, don't like, I don't like Daphne in that episode. I just don't like that episode. I like it. But we'll get into that whenever we do Frasier again. It's been, mind you, it's been a while since we've done an episode where you like it and I dislike it, so. Yeah. Well, other than that episode with, uh, outside of that episode we did a few we will go with the uh, start of season five. When did, when did we last do an episode that uh, I didn't like and you did? You didn't much like the, the imaginary friend one. Yeah, that's what I said, other than that one. Oh, right, other than that one. Because, like, the ones with Kay and I, I just, I didn't like, like the one where she left because, like, I was more down to the writing than anything else. Yeah. Like, it's not as if I hate, like, all the episodes that she was in, even it's though... Been, that... It's been a while since I've disliked one of them. What, what, what was the last one you properly disliked? Like I said, I can't remember now. Like, because, like, honestly, the uh, episode 7, the one before Voodoo Grinch, the one... No, actually, the one 2 before Voodoo Grinch, the one that avenges a bad boy in Derry Girl. <laughs> one of the worst episodes I think Fraser's ever done. Oh, fuck off. I like that episode. I hate it so much. Love it. One, episode, one, one day we should do, like, our favourite episodes of Frasier and our least favourite episodes of Frasier. We each have our own wee list. And then when we when we disagree with each other, we have a fist fight, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll start cool. with... We'll get the fist fight. I'll, I'll win. We'll do the ones we don't like and we'll get the fist fight out of the way and then we can talk about the awesome I'll episodes. I'll win. I have rings. No rings, that's cheating. Ah, oh, fuck. Don't be a dick. Ah. Uh, aha, I'll wrap, I'll wrap that in my hand. Spiked necklace. Ah. You know, they say don't hit a guy with glasses, but I would not hesitate. <laughs> he's weak, you can, you he's can barely he's, call those glasses. He's weaker, anyway. with, he's weaker without his glasses. They're, they're weaker without me. We support each other in these glasses. <laughs> me. I mean, come on, look. See? <laughs> you know, we're fucked. You know, people can't see, Paul. You, you can, Oh, you can. You yes. can tell them. Paul, one of the lenses came out of Paul's glasses. Easily. Very easily, yeah. And slipped right back in the frame again. So we're going to go now 
You may want to follow us on Twitter at SPBAM and follow me. It's GonCoin1986. Uh, see if someone says that, I'll follow you if you follow him. <laughs> uh, like our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Ramon Podcast. Uh, all the Android podcast sites that we're available on are on our social media, so links are there. Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, all the ones we're available on. See if you see if you can get Sean Stasiak to follow you. I got a fabulous five week vacation stay at Planet Stasiak. <laughs> yeah, that's Doctor Sean Stasiak now. Maybe we oh, it's Doctor Stasiak. Yes, I'm, I'm sad that he's not some sort of heart doctor, given that his dad invented the heart punch. But you know, yeah. <laughs> Stasiak MD. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my father figured out how to punch, how to stop hearts with a heart punch, and now I learned how to. Had to bring them back again. No, this man's dead. Step aside. <laughs> Heart punch. He lives. <laughs> Clear. <laughs> Stasiak's done it again. <laughs> uh, I think this is the most anyone's ever told about Sean Stasiak on a podcast. Hell yes, Sean Stasiak. We will. We will. We'll make a running theme. <laughs> uh, make Stasiak great again. He was great once. I'm using the Darren Young thing. Yeah, I don't know about like. I'm trying to that implies to be great again implies you were once great. Well, he was he was you know he was known, ish. <laughs> ish. He may or may not have dated Stacy Kleber. That's the greatest thing he's ever done. <laughs> he may or may not have. He might have, but move on. But uh, we'll we'll go now. We are going to have some resume related stuff in the weeks to come. See the matter of schedule and some things. Yeah. We will most likely have a lot to say once we've seen emergence. Yeah, definitely. That'll be good. And we have uh, SummerSlam coming up soon. Yes. So we'll probably have to do a show in the run-up to SummerSlam. Oh, yeah. Oh, that means a, and potentially means Paul a retro review. Oh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Oh, what? That too. I forgot to mention. That bloody silly of me not to mention that one. What? Guess what I have coming in the post. What? In your house five. Ooh. I finally I'll just, I'll got say, a copy. I was going to say, we, we need to arrange January's four first. Yeah. I have some ideas about what we can do in the next couple of weeks, but we'll uh, we'll leave that for now, and we'll just bid you adieu. Adieu. Stay safe, goodbye, and Bye. good mental health. The devil in the distance He's in your sin I could be rich Yesterday Seems so far away With my back against the bricks And the devil in your six The devil in your six With the devil in your six Yeah.